0: things and they make things bigger <laughs>
1: that's what she
0: said uh, that's not what i wanted fuck
1: that, that's what she said as well
0: <laughs> oh, pardon me
1: pardon you yeah.
0: pepsi max
1: i'm uh, i'm actually drinking believe it, i'm no diet pepsi can you believe that i feel like i'm cheating on pepsi max
0: Sorry, but Pepsi Max had finished, so I was getting a delivery of an iced coffee.
1: Dar- an iced coffee? Weirdo.
0: Two seconds, I need open the fucking straw. Fucking paper straws in these things now. Ah, ah that's good.
1: An iced coffee, what do you like, man? Really, what, uh, you know, I'll say that again, my tongue's getting tired.
0: Dave, you're an arsehole if the fat, if. Right, so that that just <laughs> that. <laughs> that's
1: actually quite a nice thing you've said about
0: right. me probably the nicest <laughs> thing I've said <laughs> yeah that's probably going to be nearer three hours
1: <laughs> oh my god that boy that's the poster will be happy though
0: I <laughs> <He> definitely <laughs> <laughs> You're quite scratchy there. All
1: right, sorry. Shave my beard off, taste. So I don't know how.
0: <laughs> I hate to think where you put your microphone.
1: <laughs> Only you would think about something <laughs> like that. Eh?
0: I was thinking about your arms. Dave, your arms. You know. <laughs> how do you know
1: if you hear the arms? <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.
0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek, and with me is my co host Dave. How you doing, Dave?
1: Derek, I've only got one thing to sing. Sweet Caroline, <laughs> do do do. Now, Derek, to the untrained ear, that was me singing do do do. And to the train, dear, that was me singing doo-doo-doo. That's okay. all I've got to say about that.
0: I'm just hoping there's no deranged people out there that want to maybe go, you know, take a, a sound clip of this and maybe put it on TikTok and, and alter our voices at all, Dave.
1: Well, as long as it's not by somebody called Willy Wanker who posts it, <laughs> then I think we'll I think be all right. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's very plausible, Derek.
0: Absolutely. Anything is possible in this digital age. But Dave, we have got an absolute ton of this stuff to go on. No, if no, no if no, that's hardly anything. I mean,
1: that's well, that's like back, back to the good old days of, like <laughs> four years ago, mate. I used to do that any bother.
0: Some I was counting up the other day, some of the, the actual pods we used to do were like maybe ten matches we had to cover, so we are nearly that, back there, but nah. <laughs> but yes what a podcast we've got we've got everything in the kitchen sink we've got wins we've got draws we've got losses we've got cup games we've got us lifting the title we've got i'm not even wanting to say it we've got some (laughs) madness on from the weekend
1: after madness yes
0: but we'll see what happens in the next couple of hours Because I think it's going to be a long podcast So I hope everybody puts their podcast on two times speed Like I do with every podcast now Because it's going to take a while to get through all this
1: Does that mean that my voice will sound even more irritating Than it, than it already is Derek? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No comment <laughs> Okay mate, let's go for it
0: We'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch The first of the six games we've got to cover. It's a great one. Sunday the 18th of April. It was a 2-0 win at home against Celtic in the Scottish Cup round four. What a way to start it off, Davey.
1: Great way to start it off, Derek. It seems so long ago. There's been so, so much happened since then, but uh, I can't wait for you to give me your version of events. Fire away, mate. Yes.
0: Well, we're going to abbreviate a lot of the games because there's just too much to go through. But we We'll be here for about four hours if I was to do my main main thing. But there is a lot in each game to still go through, even though uh, obviously the, the main thing before the game was that there was vandalism to the Champions 55 advertising board outside the stadium the night before. Rangers had it placed by 10am on the Sunday. Absolutely fantastic right. from Rangers. Again, Dave, it was like that a year, but in terms of all the the banners and everything like that, it was just a sight to see all around Glasgow, wasn't it? Some of the images that were coming through—it wasn't
1: just in Glasgow; it was it was everywhere, all over, sort of West Lothian, East Lothian, you know, right the way across Scotland. I know here, certainly in the Central Belt, there was lots of uh, flags getting put out and banners everywhere. It was juicy; it was just a sight to see. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, and what was even funnier is that Rangers fans had put loads of flags up outside Parkhead on the lamp posts, and one guy, one Celtic fan on Twitter, <laughs> tried to mobilise the the crew to to bring ladders. And uh, there was a picture of his garden with ladders. Right, I'm going, I'm away to you know get get all these down. And then there was an update from about an hour later: the bus wouldn't have let me on with my ladders. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it was uh, it was the worst remake of Avengers Assemble I've ever seen, there.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, also, as well though, prior to the game, John Kennedy had stated that Celtic are still the best team in the league. Yeah. It prompted Rangers after the game to state on Twitter afterwards, "A win against the best team in the league." Absolutely brilliant for Rangers yep. there. The The media team this, this season, uh, and obviously there's loads more examples in the, in the games to follow, but they've been absolutely immense this year with just their, their quick wit and their, their humour as well.
1: Yeah, certainly. They really have done.
0: But there was one change from the team yes. that faced Hibbs with Arfield replacing Roof. So we had McGregor, Parson, Goldson, Helander, Barisic, Arfield, Kamara, Davis, Aribo, Morellis, and Kent. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Tavernier, Bassey, Simpson, Hadji, Etten, Zungu, Wright, and Roof. Now, the first half itself, it kind of swung both ways. I felt the difference was we took our chances when we were on top. Celtic maybe had about a 10-minute period in the first half where they were were pushing us back. They were probably the dominant team. But I think it was actually more the case of us sitting off them just after we scored. Uh, Then we reasserted ourselves and we got our second goal. And the best of it is, I don't think we really got out of second gear in the first half.
1: Definitely not
0: Derek So in the 10th minute We went 1-0 up With Davis scoring Kent was taken out In the middle of the park The advantage was played Well refereed there Kamara picks up the ball Passes to Aribo, Who drives it forward Gets to the right side Of the box Shuffles inside And hits a shot Deflected off the boot Of the defender But right into the path Of Davis Who overhead kicks it Into the back of the net From 6 yards Davis with an overhead kick. When have you ever heard that, Dave?
1: Uh, uh, Sensational, Derek. The reactions for the man, absolutely brilliant. Uh, As you said just before that, it was a rebo that was a driving force. I feel that a rebo in the past few games against Celtic has been, you know, one of the main driving forces for the team. He certainly looked in the mood. And as you say... The finish by Davis, absolute quality. Uh, again, I, I, I said it before the reactions, but just the, you, you know the mobility of the guy as Well, we you know he's like thirty-five. I know that's no old for for old codger like myself, but you know f- football in terms it shows you that he's still got everything in the locker tremendous goal and a fantastic start for us and really didn't look back after that, Derek.
0: I mean, as I said, we did sit back for the next kind of 10, 15 minutes. Uh, on the 20th minute, Edouard gets the ball at the edge of the box, uh, dinks one way, dinks the other and hits a shot right right at McGregor, who palms it away. Still had another shot, but it was high and wide after that. Probably Celtic's best chance of the half on the 23rd minute, Hellander cleared it off the line, it was crossed in by Celtic, the attacker gets his foot to it puts it towards the the right rather than on target, the ball was played in back towards goal and then off Hellander's chest and then cleared, so just good positional awareness there from Hellander who's been immense this season, We then reasserted herself, great skill on the 30th minute by Patterson, fast pace uh, taking on the uh, the players He, he got past two defenders in the box, hits a shot and into the Netting, but absolutely fantastic from Patterson there. That is the the one thing he's, he's been great defensively. Caught out a couple of times, but that's to be expected. Not you know every player will get caught out. But his directness has been fantastic when he's came on, especially when he's when he's going towards goal. No fear whatsoever.
1: No, I, th- I think he's a fantastic player, Derek. I think we've got an absolute diamond there of a player. And as you say, just for for his age, absolutely fearless. Exactly what you said when go- going forward. If he's playing in a system. Derek queries an attacking fullback, you know. Apart from you know Tav, I, I can't think of a better attacking fullback in the Scottish game than him. You know, at the moment, and it's maybe I don't think I'm being uh, premature when I say that. I think he's an absolute uh, class act, and uh, you know, I was just glad that we managed to, to get him to play in in that game because uh, you know, he, he was excellent, absolutely excellent.
0: And then four minutes later, we went 2-0 up with an OG. We were fantastic down the right with Morellis to Arfield, then to Arebo. Arebo takes it down the right. Shimmy's and outfoxes the defender gets the ball into the box puts a fast paced cross into the area and it was met by Callum McGregor who was sliding in and puts the ball into the back of the net Kent was there with the follow up if McGregor never got to it but just great from a rebound great goal all round and I don't, as I always said don't care how they come if they OGE off somebody's disaster. <laughs> exactly. I don't care
1: yep and a, a great time for us to score as well Derek absolutely fantastic and really we might have had a wee bit, a wee bit of a flurry but you know we were severely confident at that point
0: yep so, half time, and obviously, delighted with that. Obviously, Celtic had a 10 minute period, but we were largely yep. on top. And, you know, we're 2 0 up. You can't ask for much more.
1: Nope, definitely not.
0: Yep. However, in the second half, Celtic did come out of the traps right at the, the, the start in the 45th minute. Great save by McGregor after Celtic get the ball forward into the space. They had a shot at the edge of the box and a diving save put out for the corner. 56th minute, a big chance for Celtic where the a long ball was played up to Elinoussi who gets the ball, takes it into the box. Helender then and trying to fend him off. Elinoussi gets a shot from the right side of the box, blocked by, by McGregor but went into the path of Edwards who tried a back heel flick and it went over the bar. 59th minute, Patterson gave the ball away on the right side, drive and run from Celtic gets the ball across, their attacker gets the ball, all they had to do was shoot but had taken a touch too much and allowed McGregor to come out and dive at his feet and get the ball away so they started to obviously they they came out the traps, they had to ultimately, I think they made a couple of changes um, but we largely weathered everything
1: Yep, definitely did it Yep
0: some eighth minute, a penalty to Celtic though. Aribo uh, was a judge to have pushed Griffiths. I felt it was he was looking for it and arguably I think he was already fallen, but the referee gave it nonetheless. But just as Celtic should always know, just because you get a penalty doesn't <laughs> mean you're going to score because the penalty was saved. It was a really, really sloppy penalty from Eduard. You can maybe do that against lesser keepers, but you're never going to beat a quality keeper like McGregor. He dives to his left, saves the penalty. Easy as you like.
1: Yep, it, it looked so straightforward,
0: didn't it? And really, that's how the the game finished out. We had a, a couple of shots, a couple of chances, and um, but that's really about it. And you know, got to be delighted with running out two 0 winners. The, the league was already done. The cup was the big thing that we needed to try and get now, and the players more than matched their task.
1: Yep, totally, Derek. As you say, that there was a period in the game that Celtic had had the upper hand with the possession they had. They had a few chances, but we just, I just felt. Throughout the game, especially after we scored the second goal, I just felt you you, you could see the confidence in the players that you know it didn't matter what they were going to throw at us, we were going to deal with it, and that's ultimately exactly how the game panned out, wasn't it?
0: Absolutely, so confidence high, you know, beating Celtic again and you know, again, yes, this season again. And obviously we knew we had to, to play them again in a few weeks time so confidence is definitely high so it led us into the next game which was Wednesday the 21st of April away to St Johnson in the Premiership where we drew one each unfortunately mitigating circumstances though because yeah. we made seven changes from the cup win against Celtic we lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier Goldson, Simpson Barisic, Kamara Davis, Hadji, Roof Wright and Itton on the subs bench we had McGregor Hellander, Kent Arribo, Morellas, Arfield, Patterson Defoe and Bassey as much as we still had the goals conceded record to still go and to go undefeated in the in the premiership this season as i said it was ultimately the cup that was the main prize from the, from here until the end of the season so there is completely understandable why the manager wanted to make as many changes rest a few key players bear in mind that was still a very impressive side but you know, St. Johnson have been playing well, top six, they've already won the League Cup. You know, that they had you had to be wary of them. But it never turned out that way, did it? No, no. So overall in the first half it was poor, I felt. The St. Johnson were certainly up for it. They were chasing every ball, knocking it about well. Combine that with, as I said, so many other changes. It seemed there was a lack of cohesiveness and communication within the team. And I think we have found that before when we've made so many changes to the team. Granted it was last season, but when you make so many changes, that's what sometimes can happen when different players are no playing with each other. We can maybe get away with two or three changes in a game, maybe not seven out of the 11.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: We started to come back around about the 15th minute, though. We retained the ball more. We were knocking it about, but we couldn't break down the defence. St Johnson finished a half strong, but without doing anything with it. We had no, no shots on target in the first half at all. And that kind of says it all. As As much as we had a lot of possession we we just never done anything about it St Johnson were to their credit they'd done the job that they set out to do they were, we, they'd done it very well and they were organised and that's the one thing you can say about them yeah on the third minute, St. Johnston had the ball in the back of the net after a quick move, but the attacker had straight offside, so correct decision there. 23rd minute, a lovely turn and a long ball into the box from Roof for the on-running right, who controls it. Maybe shown too much to the keeper who had come out to collect the ball. It was a great idea and great play, but maybe just lacking that match sharpness there. But really, the first half, not a lot of chances for either team. And I was quite glad because I knew we had a, a big run of games to cover. In yes, this. yeah. Anyway, so into the second half, though, we started off fairly brightly. And we got the goal on the 55th minute with right scoring. The ball was played out of our half from the right into the middle of the park. Missed by the St. Johnson midfielder. It comes to Davis, who drove the ball forward. A lovely pass to pick out right at the edge of the box. Controls, shimmies and hits a curler into the bottom right corner. And it was his first goal for us. An absolute stunning goal.
1: It was Derek, and he was maybe one of the sort of shining lights of the game because, as you say, there wasn't much happening. There wasn't much happening for us, but he just—he always did look lively when he came on, and it was just an excellent. It was a, a well-worked goal, great play again by Steve Davis, as you, you say. P- Pick the ball up in midfield, drive forward, great pass through, and an excellent goal by right—a fantastic goal, especially as you say it would be it his first goal, so one that he'll remember f- for a long time. And I think if we were looking back at that point, we would say if there was anybody that deserved it out of the team so far, it, it would have been right. You know, to get to get that goal, so absolutely delighted for him and again I think it's it shows you the team as well Derek because I don't think there's hardly any players at all if any that haven't contributed to the season you Know through, throughout the whole squad, so it's, it's fantastic for him. And uh, as you say, without playing really, really well and really dominating, it was just great to get that that, that opening goal. And we were just hoping, and uh, hoping at that point that that wouldn't be get us you know spurred on to maybe start playing a wee, wee bit better and go and try and get another one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing at that point as well given the lack of chances for both teams the fact that we went 1-0 up you thought yep. this game surely surely got to be it for us However, nearly two minutes later, we contrived to undo it because a penalty was given to St Johnson. It was deemed, it was a handball from right, apparently, seemed to come off the inside of his left arm at the shoulder. Uh, it would have been harsh if it was given. However, there was absolute confusion because the referee gave it. The referee then didn't seem to know what to do. The players were remonstrating. He pointed again to the spot. The player was about to take it. The linesman called him over and overruled him. So no penalty was given. Just absolutely yep. baffling scenes from what happened there from the officials.
1: Yeah, t- totally as you say Derek, it was like amateur hour wasn't it? The penalty, it's definitely a penalty then it's no, then it is, then it's no and then eventually it's not given as you say it was a soft one, but but the referee just looked really, really poor didn't look like he knew anything about the rules and what to do, and then in the end for, for it, the, the way that it goes, pleased for us obviously, <laughs> eventually it was there going to be a penalty, but as you say it was, it was like amateur hour at that point
0: 62nd minute, Tav off, Patterson on, 68th minute, Wright and Davis off, Arfield and Kamara on. Roof had a chance, it uh, went just round the post after that, and uh, it was deemed to have fouled the defender anyway. A couple of more changes in the 78th minute, Padgett and Barisic off, Defoe and Bassi on, so a full compliment of subs made uh, yeah. at that point. 85th minute, the ball hits off the arm of Simpson in the box, his arm was down by his side, clearly not in an unnatural position, so correct decision not to give anything but then on the 94th minute a penalty to St. Johnson for absolutely nothing it seemed and the boy seemed to just fall over the defender's leg as well yeah. um just baffling decision the one thing I'm wanting to say about this though is 93rd and a half minute, I think it was, Roof had had the ball and from the halfway line he tried to lob the keeper again and it was a fairly decent effort. It wasn't as clear cut as the the one against Standard Liège, but he had the effort anyway and that's what ultimately lost possession and yeah, then allowed yeah. Johnson to go up the park. Now, a lot of people were criticising Roof for that and I'm not going to be one of them because if the opportunity was there, then fair enough, try it because nothing to that point said that St Johnson were going to score. Now, bear in mind, in the Standard Liège game, we were still 1-0 up into the last, you know, nine seconds of the game when he'd done the exact same thing. And the conditions were horrendous, so the ball could have went anywhere going back up the park had we lost possession. So the folk that were criticising for it were the same folk praising them for, for doing it against Standard Liège. So you can't have your cake and eat it in that respect, can you, Dave?
1: Well, I take it that was being aimed at me, Derek. Yes.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I, I, not really.
0: I just mean in general,
1: <laughs> Derek. I was one of them. I was, I was screaming because I thought to myself, "Get the ball and run into the corner with it." Because you know, wasn't it? Wasn't it was a cup game? It wasn't You know, the points were there to be won. And I do understand what you're saying, but I just thought, you know, lightning isn't going to strike twice. Do you know what I mean? That was like a spontaneous. Type of thing that happened, and I was a bit critical of him as I have been, and I'll speak about Kamal Roof l- later on because to the end of the season He was outstanding. I just felt at the time he could maybe use his head a wee bit better, and you know, try to take it a wee run, you know, eat, eat some time up in the clock. Not eventually that mattered anyway, Derek. But you know, it was the difference between getting a victory and not get getting a victory. So I'll I'll agree to disagree with you slightly there, Derek. Okay. <laughs> we'll <leave that> <laughs>
0: but anyway, St Johnson converted the penalty And the game finished one each So disappointing to lose a last minute goal there uh, yeah. I think Celtic, did Celtic not drop points as well uh, In yep. the, the game they had as well So I think they drew the game So could have went even further ahead But again, it was a bit of a dead rubber game Well, are resting players, disappointing in the end But well, we'll take it on the chin It still wasn't a loss, that's the main exactly. thing
1: Exactly, yes, that's correct Yeah
0: did cause concerns though for the next game Because that was Sunday the 25th of April It was at home to St Johnson in the Scottish Cup quarter final, where we lost 4-2 on penalties Not Ugh. good was it Dave?
1: No Derek it wasn't And you know as you're about to get into On any other day Derek we would have won the game comfortably uh, it just shows you that sometimes things just aren't meant to be and I think that that was the case maybe could have done better at certain times but certainly as you're about to get into the amount of opportunities that we had that we didn't take it was uh, like it was just it, it was one of these very disappointing but I'll, I'll let you get into it Derek.
0: So we made five changes from the league game against St Johnson midweek we lined up McGregor Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic Kamara, Davis, Aribo, Haji. Kent and Morales on the subs bench we had McLaughlin Wright Simpson Roof Itton Defoe Stewart and King first half really poor despite having a lot of possession. Saint Johnson set up defensively it was complete opposite of the way they played I felt against midweek midweek they were fairly attacking they were trying to hit us all the time this time they sat back I don't know yeah. if it was the fact that they're playing at Ibrox and and they, were, they knew it was a cup game, so they knew how to beat us from looking at previous cup game. They tried to hit us on the break and we played right into their game by dropping the pace and playing with little urgency, which on occasion this season, as as good as we have been, we have been guilty of, of doing that, dropping the pace too much. We were dangerous when we had to be, or rather Kent was dangerous. Uh, He upped the pace and drove the ball at pace at the defence, and it did cause them problems, none more so than on the 10th minute when the ball fell to Kamara. He was at the back post and it forced the keeper into a good save with his legs. St. Johnson's shown again that they can be dangerous going forward, forcing McGregor into a good save on the 12th minute. From our perspective, not enough pressure on the St. Johnson keeper when they got their chances, and they might have only been half chances even at that as well. St. Johnson, though, should have been down to 10 men at the the end of the first half, when a reckless challenge on Hadji with a high boot and stud shown, only a yellow given. It was a ludicrous tackle. Yeah, um, totally any better, o- yep. any other day of the week that would have been a would have been a sending off.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: So into the second half, we're knocking the ball about well from side to side It was a kind of a change from the first half. We did come come out a wee bit more, started playing more expansively, a wee bit more with with urgency as well. Had a few chances. 61st minute, we broke forward on the right with Tavernier, puts in a great cross into the back post, Morelos does everything right and gets a powerful header to it, down to the left side on the inside of the post and it spins up into the arms of the keeper, I mean Morelos had a few chances up until this point as well and he was just snatching at it, he just was too hungry for it and it wasn't falling for him and the fact that in this occasion he'd done everything right, it hits off the inside of the post and right into the keeper's arms who knew nothing about it, it kind of just looked like that this is not going to be Going, uh, I,
1: I I had that f- f- feeling as well, Derek. I, I, I was like you, as if he was trying too hard. You know my feelings on Alfredo. I absolutely adore the guy, but he looked really, really desperate to you know to try and get in, rather than he's you know the way that it has been played very composed. If it's not going to happen for him, he's damn sure I'm going to make it happen for some, somebody else. But as you say, it was just it was as if he was just trying a bit too hard And that chance that you've just said they kind of summed it up for me and I just had a bad feeling at that thought that this isn't going to be be your night tonight
0: Yeah On the 80th minute you had another great chance a lovely cross from Kent from the right to the back post falls to in space who heads it back across towards goal and the keeper gets his legs to it to keep it out again it was I think the keeper in the right place at the right time, I don't think he knew much about it. Again, Mariel did everything right, and that's that's the way it happened. 82nd minute of Halloran, he got in the box on the right, but only after he he fouled Hellander, which nothing was given for. He gets a shot off, but it was blocked by the legs of McGregor, and that's really how the, the 90 minutes ended up. It was a much better second half, but no breakthrough. St Johnson were camped in their final third, it was all us, a lot of possession, a lot of chances, a few missed by Morales, a couple of unlucky ones, and as I said, O'Halloran was really the only chance that St Johnson had, so any extra time? 96th minute, corner from Tavernier from the left, in at the near post, flicked up off Hellander, off the ground, and a great save by the keeper, high at the near post to prevent it going in. 98th minute, drive and run by Kent down the left, was clipped as he went by the player, but he kept on going, a lot of possession and regained it. It got into the box, a great recovery tackle to put in, uh, put it out for the corner. 102nd minute, Golson clearly taken out by Kane, foul given, but no second yellow cards. It was a booking every single yeah. day of the week. Totally. Uh, they, and and at this point, they should have had three off by this point because I think Witherspoon, Kane and Craig had a number of fouls and never given the second booking. Yeah. So into the second half of extra time, 105th minute, shot by St. Johnson just by the right post. 108th minute, a long ball played up by St. Johnson. Got the break of the ball off our player. O'Halloran gets in front of Hellander, gets a shot off, but McGregor narrows it down at the angle and blocks the shot. 111th minute, Hellander off, Simpson on. Hellander had picked up a knock from the previous play. 113th minute, St. John's Corner in from the right, not cleared, ending in a shot from outside the box. And then on the 116th minute, we went 1-0 up with Tavenier scoring. A lot of possession, ending in a fantastic cross by Rebo, into the back post, where Tav was waiting to pop it in with his head. One of the few great crosses that was done all night, and you thought four minutes of extra yep. time to go. That's it. Done and dusted.
1: I didn't get to see it, Derek. I was travelling to my work at that stage. I had got Time off to start late and you know When I do things like that, incredible things Happen like we actually draw, and it goes into Extra time so I actually missed it and I was listening To it in the radio and I was cheering When I was driving my car on, on the way th- Through to working, just like what you said Four minutes to hang on That's all it was going to take it Was Four minutes and I thought Surely we've done enough, surely And then, as you're about to allude to, it didn't quite work out like
0: that. And then the unthinkable happens on the 121st minute St. Johnson draw level. It was a corner. (sighs) The St. Johnson keeper headers it, hits off his own player who knew nothing about it, and rolls into the back of the net. What is more galling is the fact that nobody picked up the St. Johnson keeper. He was wearing a fucking luminous top and he was like six foot five. Exactly. How can nobody pick him up?
1: It was terrible. Mark and Derek, absolutely shocking. Helander has been huge for us this season, Derek. I think he's, he's, he's been a very much of an unsung hero. I honestly don't think that we, we would have conceded that goal had Helander stayed on at that point. It was dreadful defending, dreadful marking when we just completely let ourselves down at that stage, and you just knew. As soon as we conceded that goal, that that was us. We, we, we were going to go. It was going to go, go to penalties. It was going to be. St Johnston got that. You know, one of their very few chances, and, and they put it away. But as you said, Derek, it's just so bad when you look back at it. When you see the circumstances, the size of the guy for one, he's bloody massive. He's huge. And then, as you say, with that top on, he stood out like a militia beacon in the middle of the park. There's no way that, that nobody could have not possibly have saw him. I think that's what was more frustrating than anything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so that was the la- last kick of the ball and it went to penalties. And I just didn't feel confident at all. I, I think you could tell by the yeah. players, they didn't look confident either. And yep. of late, we haven't been very good with penalties. And as it turned out, was really the case. We yep. went first, Tavernier steps up, misses down the middle and wow. the keeper saves after diving the wrong way. St. Johnson score next, Barisic then scores to make it one each, St. Johnson scores, Defoe Defoe scores, St. Johnson score again to make it 3-2, and then Roof misses. All St. Johnson had to do was score their next goal, which they did, and made it 4-2. And we're out of the cup just like that. And it's one of these things, uh, a lot of folk were going ballistic at the players'. I don't think you can. It was only a third loss in all competitions all season. No, no, no. Yes, absolutely disappointing to go out that way. There was a big issue with the team in the first half. They just couldn't get going at all. St Johnson, to their credit, were fantastic. It's the way he play against us. Everybody should know that by now. We'd need to get better at when teams close down like that. We had more than enough quality to beat them. As I said, all credit to St Johnson, but really disappointing in the end. Yeah,
1: to- totally. Saint Johnson had a game plan, Derek. They stuck to it. The game plan worked for them a few, a, quite a lot. I'm not even going to say a few. A lot of decisions went completely against us, as you say. What happened with you, you know the referee? They could quite easily have been down quite a few players with the you, you know the challenges that had been going in and, and the fouls which went against us. And just bit bitterly disappointing. It's been a fantastic season, Derek. And you know, for 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 us to know that at that at that stage was going to be probably the, the biggest game in the season at that point, and for it to happen like that is is very disappointing. And I'm sure the players were absolutely gutted as well. Derek, it was just it wasn't how we were wanting it to, to pan out. We were wanting to be in that cup final coming up on this Saturday as well, just to put the icing on the cake. But it wasn't to be, and it's maybe the, the one thing this season that has been v- very disappointing. Is the cup? We get into a knockout phase that we've not been able to overcome, that which is quite gutting for us.
0: And as what's you know, Gerard said, you know, one uh, one trophy out a nine is is not good enough for a club like Rangers. So it's something that they they must do better on. The players know that, and given their heroics this year, let's know. Uh, I've got a bit later on about what they've actually achieved this season. Yeah. Three losses all season. And unfortunately, they've came in, cup, in two cup games. You now or really, you've you, they've now, came in three cup games. Really, so
1: you can check the tight time on this just just in case I'm I'm getting my facts wrong. But something that I read the other day: Am I right in saying that Rangers have never been beaten over ninety minutes this season while Hellander has been on the park? I read that somewhere the other day, and I thought that's quite an incredible stat because I don't think he was playing when we got beat by St. Mirren in the other cup game. It wasn't. We, you know, we were drawing the game in ninety minutes in that game, and then he got injured. They had to go off, and that's when we got beat. And I'm trying to think if he was in the match against Slavia Prague. I don't know if he was playing in the game that we got beat at Ibrox or not. But if that's the case, it's quite an incredible start. And I don't know if that's, you know, got a lot to do with it. Like I said, though, Derek, I think if he had been on the part for the full time, I don't think that that goalkeeper would have got the space there. Because I I am always very confident when it's him and Goldson at the back. And these things happen. But, you know, just... Extremely disappointing for us, but again, Derek, we were also trying to be upbeat. We all know what was the most important thing for us this season, and I think just the fact that we'd done it so quickly, we got it wrapped up. You know, we were really all hoping and praying that we were going to get the double, but it wasn't to be.
0: I mean, put this in perspective here: two thousand and eight, we were going for the quadruple, and we came within the last day of the season and the final of getting that quadruple because. 2008 people forget that we actually won the domestic cup double that yep. year. No, I
1: no, know, I know. Yep.
0: So that that season is actually classed as a failure. Nobody likes that season because we we never won the Europa League and we never won the the, the league as well. But we still won the domestic double yeah. in terms of the the cups. So you can't say we win the league and this league's a failure because we, we never won the two cups. So, put that into perspective that way. No, so...
1: it's, it, it's not that way, Derek. And again, we go back to it again. You ask anybody, if you could win one trophy this season, what's it going to be? It's going to be the league. You know, 100%. You know, that's it. And we managed to do it. But this would have been, I'm sure, this is a big regret of the players this season that that happened. But... Uh, as the Cup, and these things happen. I hate to bring out the, the old sayings in football, but in a Cup game, anything can happen, and unfortunately for us, it did.
0: Yeah. So, we had a massive game to bounce back on, kind of just like we did when we lost against St Myrna as well. It was Sunday the 2nd of May, at home to Celtic in the Premiership, and it was a fucking demolition it of them. Was, it, it was really tremendous,
1: was. Derek. It really was. I'm looking forward to your summary of, of this game, because I, I thought Rangers were absolutely t- terrific in this game.
0: So, Rangers and Celtic and every other club in the UK took part in a social media blackout during the weekend of this game as a stance against social media companies not doing more to stamp out all kinds of abuse. It was a big loss, especially during the old fun weekend, so it was obviously trying to make an impact Again, I'm not really sure that's that's going to make much difference because social media companies don't really care until you start hitting them in their sponsorships and, and the way they make their money. It's not going to going to really care. And as we've seen since, you know, with everybody's seen, you know, racial and, and sectarian abuse online. But it's, you just need to keep plugging away yeah. at this thing. Of note though, Andy Walker was absent from co-commentary duties with Sky. Rangers since confirmed he was banned after comments he made all around the Super League talk where he stated that Rangers and Celtic would jump at the chance to sign up to similar, especially Rangers, in their perilous financial state. (laughs) He's
1: like a dog with a bone, eh? It's unbelievable. I want to know where he gets his information from. It's so amateur. It's so... Celtic Ned Twitter isn't it it's like c- c- coming away with some stuff like that when you have absolutely no evidence to back it up it's incredible
0: I mean firstly it's nowhere near true and if anything it's actually Celtic have got more money worries than than us just now but as a trading company comments like that can have a negative impact so on any potential or current investors and also the stock, stock market so you can't just make accusations and make rumours up like that and and Treat them as facts, just so Rangers are quite right in what, what they're, they're saying, but not to be outdone by that. Right on our coattails, Celtic also banned them on the back of his comments about their Dubai trip, comments he made months previously. Yeah, but they couldn't see fit to, to ban them at the time, to, so to as, as at of the ever, time, yeah, yeah, as ever, always on our coattails. But in yep. the game, anyway, Hellander and Arfield were out and won't play again this season. So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Simpson, Barisic, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Kent, Morales and Roof. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, King, Hadji, Stewart, Wright, Itton and Defoe. It was a slow start with Celtic having a majority of the possession and they were playing with pace. However, around about the 10th minute, I felt we started to, that's when we started to battle them. Yeah. <laughs> On the 17th minute, Simpson was given a yellow card for Eduard backing into Simpson, then going down. Uh, absolutely baffling decision, he had his eye on the ball the whole way, the only person that could have done anything differently about that is is Eduard, he clearly was looking for it and I felt at that point, here we go, are we going to have one of these referees because apparently it was his first ever old firm game as well
1: Yeah I know and I don't want to discourage the guy but I felt in the last few games that he's came in he has looked a wee bit hesitant Simpson and I thought oh god that's like the last thing that he's going to need is such an early yellow card especially in, in this game and I thought they'll definitely try and play for that and do more but a few times I looked shaky Derek but thankfully throughout the whole he, he managed to handle himself alright.
0: Absolutely. 25th minute, Arebo loses the ball in midfield, Elanissi drives the ball forward, hits a 30-yard shot, McGregor gets a touch to it and pushes it onto the bar, back into play and then we regain possession. Poor by Arebo there, but what a fucking save by McGregor once again.
1: Incredible, Derek. Absolutely incredible. And again, it shows you the concentration levels the guy's got as well, as well as the reactions, which are you know superhuman. But the, the concentration levels, you know, at that point, absolutely tremendous stuff but by him again. Absolutely brilliant. Celtic must Celtic fans must hate him almost as much as they hate Dandy Gorham for, for breaking their hearts, especially this season anyway, because he's been absolutely tremendous.
0: I mean, how he does it is just... Yep. As Gerard said, you're fried up at talking about him because he just pulls off stuff like that time and time again. Yeah. Amazing. But anyway, a minute later, though, we went 1-0 up with Roof scoring and a red card for Callum McGregor at the same time. McGregor fouled Kamara in the Celtic final third. The ball broke to us. The referee played on, which is brilliant from the referee. The ball was down the left, played to Kent, hits a shot at the edge of the box, and Roof was goal side, chest it at the net. McGregor was given the second yellow card As we were celebrating as well For the foul just a few minutes beforehand But the goal itself What vision and what ingenuity from Roof To chest that into the back of the net there
1: Derek at first At first when I watched it I thought oh that's like a deflection Off the roof That's what I thought Because there's no way that that was going in Then again I thought he had maybe Hit it with his shoulder but when they slowed it down, it shows it's an absolute class goal. It shows you the angle that he got and that, you know, it was 100%. He meant to do it. It, it wasn't a fluke. He knew that he wasn't going to stoop down to be able to get ahead to it to get his chest out and not only just stick his chest out, but guide it into the goal with his chest. Hats off. Absolutely fantastic. I, I don't think we've talked about the goal enough, actually. Even w- w- when I've watched the bat, you know, when it was on Sky, when it was on BBC and stuff like that. It was just, it was a fantastic goal. Just brilliant by him. Really was brilliant. Great goal.
0: And just the, the red card itself as well. Callum McGregor, maybe about 10 minutes before, 5-10 minutes beforehand, picked up a, a yellow card talking challenge. So quite rightly given a yellow card. Yeah. And just before the goal, obviously, he fouled Kamara. And again, it was more or less the exact same type of foul from behind late with shown with studs justified yellow cards. And the referee was absolutely fantastic, allowing the play to go on and then pulling, pulling them back once, uh, once the goal had went in. Uh, So very well done referee there. Nobody can have any complaints, but as as we'll get into what they did. <laughs> However, as is always the case, Celtic pulled the goal back 3 minutes later on the 29th minute. It was a corner in from the left into the back post, header back across, nobody picking up Edwards who runs and heads the ball. Poor marking all round from the header back across the the goal and then to not tracking Edwards run again. It's silly wee things like that when we have lost goals. That's what's what's cost us just silly wee errors like that.
1: Yeah, no, as Derek, you're you're right again. I hate to to bring it up. I feel that we're just so much more organised at the back when the when Hellander's playing in there. You know, again, it's another defensive par- partner for Golson at the back. You know, m- maybe not not going to gel. You know, as, as as well as they have been, but as you say, it was you know just like a lack of concentration again at, at the back that allowed up to go in there, especially him because he has. Celtic's danger man. You would like to think that there would be some sort of instruction, you know, for marking him set pieces and stuff like that, but. Unfortunately, not
0: this time. No. However, we did regain control of the game pretty much straight away. We were getting right up the park. We in the 30th minute a long ball into the box from Tavernier on the right. Roof tries to head it, comes off the Celtic defender, back to Roof who has a shot and saved by the legs of the keeper. Flicked up and then cleared. 31st minute, Kent on the right, cuts inside at the edge of the box, passes to Eribo who was running in, takes one touch past the defender, hits a shot and saved for the corner. The resulting corner... 33rd minute, we went 2-1 up with Morelos. Resulting corner came in from the left. Goldson was at the back post with a powerful header off the defender. Wasn't cleared. Knocked about the Celtic box. Eventually played to the right side with Kamara. Passes to Morellis in the box, on the right. He cuts inside. Got the break of the ball off the defender's foot. Skins brown by nutmegging him, which was absolutely genius. And hits a high powerful shot into the back of the net. Absolutely stunning from Morellis there.
1: Derek, and that is what we want to see Alfredo Morelos doing. He gets the ball and he just runs and, as you say, the finish, sublime. That's Alfredo Morelos that we know getting the ball and just hitting it with such accuracy and such power that, as you say, the build up that nutmeg on Scott Brown for that to be his final old-firm game against us. That was the icing on the cake. You know, I think there was more people... A lot of people cheered more for that than actually when the goal (laughs) went in because they took the utter piss out of him. I'm sure he took great satisfaction out of that himself because we know the battles that they've had over the past few seasons... Delighted for Alfredo The monkey was you know, off, off his back In the last goal for him game That he scored uh, the header against him Because everybody was going on about him No scoring And that to me Tremendous goal And that that was us in cruise control After that Derek I honestly did not see A way that we weren't going to win the game You could just tell That our players were well up for it at that stage But uh, you know the, the goal was fantastic you know, I'm still th- th- thinking about it just now Delighted for him And just it's
0: tremendous. I mean, it's when we lost the goal, when we when we when Celtic drew level, and then from then until we scored the the second goal, we were like absolutely possessed. I've only ever seen that before in top European teams when they've. Yep lost a goal and then they've realised, right, we need to up our game and they just absolutely batter. It's almost like it was an annoyance. They were pissed off that they lost the goal. Yeah. Fuck it, we're going up and we're up in 10 gears and we're just absolutely rattling them because that's what they did until they scored the second goal. Yeah. And I know what folk are going to say, some of the orcs that are listening, and just now, hi up by the way, if you're listening, but... <laughs> some of the play this season has been like Barcelona I kid you not, the one touch tight control, the the way we can pass about, the, the goals we've scored has been incredible and I think that was highlighted in this piece of play right from when we lost that goal we just were like possessed, we went for it we never gave up, we were chasing everything, it was incredible to see fantastic and then it was really half time, so Delighted with that obviously Celtic down to 10 men we're a goal up playing very well yep First 10 minutes of the second half, it was all us, putting a lot of pressure on Celtic defence, but not putting their keeper under pressure, looking for the perfect angle. Best chance was when Davis got the ball in the middle, had the opportunity to shoot, but he delayed it and delayed it, tried to thread the pass through to Morelis. However, Morelis does, as he often does, drifted offside. 55th minute, cross in from the right by Forrest for Celtic. Turnbull with a 50p diving header and out for the goal kick. It was a dangerous move. If he had got it on target, could have been a different story. However, two minutes later, we went up the park and we got our third goal with Roof scoring. A lot of possession and pressure. Kent in the middle at the Celtic box. Passes to Roof, who threaded the ball through to Barisic on the left. Roof checked his run. Barisic with a lovely cross into the middle. Roof, almost unnoticed, made a charging run and headed it into the left of the goal. That was a thing of beauty. He started it, he finished it.
1: Derek, I was sort of rubbing my eyes at that stage because I thought to myself... Who is this guy that we've got up front that is actually, you know, terrorising them? This guy that's playing on the right, then he's playing as a striker, then he's coming over to the left, he's coming back into midfield, starting things off. Then I realised it was Kamar Roof, the player who I have been criticising for so long. He looked absolutely sensational in this game, Derek. This is the player I think Stephen Gerrard thought that he was signing Celtic couldn't get anywhere near him Derek They couldn't match his running They couldn't match his movement And as you say that run in, into the box He ghosted in there In between two, two defenders The cross was perfect The header was fantastic It was an absolutely tremendous goal And hats off, hats off to the guy I love it when players prove me wrong And he certainly has uh, you know, This game and you know, the, the game could come in After that that you're about to get into But that was just that As you say it was a thing of beauty
0: Tremendous, tremendous goal. Yeah. So the rest of the game was all us. Celtic were absolutely done at this point. They just couldn't kick their own arse at that point. We had a few more chances. Barisic unfortunately got injured in the 79th minute yeah. and Wright came on for him. Made another change. Morellis off, Hadji on. And in the 86th minute, Roof came off and Defoe came on. So they never even gave Roof a chance to, to, to get his hat trick here. <laughs> I
1: know. How I've have done that in the next two
0: games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. However, he's a magician Defoe oh. ends up coming on the park Six minutes and making it 4-1 Celtic gave the ball away in midfield Passed to Hadji with a lovely flick to Defoe At the edge of the box, on the left Gets in the box, turns the defender inside out Cuts inside and then hits a shot And it trundles into the back post Just, the guy is unbelievable I put a tweet out on Saturday night That we know how good Gerard was How big a name was And the same with these number twos, Gary Mack but we've got Jermaine Defoe in our team, Dave. Exactly. That is, I know, that's I know. incredible.
1: The cherry on the top, Derek, wasn't it for him. We've all been wanting him to score against Celtic. The same with Alfredo. And for him to come on and take his goal the way he did, it was just so cool and calm, wasn't it? I mean, how many defenders did they have round about him One, stage three? And he was able just to keep the ball at his feet, move one way, move the other, turn one defender. I mean, he turned that... Celtic defender inside out. And as you say, the finish was effortless. He just passed it and it just trundled past the goalkeeper. He was never going to get there. It was tremendous. It was it was the icing on the cake. We had watched three tremendous goals and then for him to score at the end, you could see how much it meant to him as well. He was he was taking aback himself by scoring. I'm sure that's one again a guy his quality and his career. Will look back on his time with us and really fondly, especially this season. And he's just had a very small part to play, but he's had a key part to play. Derek and you know, I was I was absolutely delighted that he scored because, as I say, it's another thing that he'll be able to look back on to say, well, I scored that goal against Celtic in an old firm game. Uh, you know, and we won 4-1 A tremendous scoreline, Derek. I was hoping that we would go on and you know try and get e- even more against them, but it was uh, it was just we, we were in we were in dreamland at that point. We were in party land, They were completely completely demoralised, and it was just great to see we, we were playing some fantastic football. And you know the scoreline to, to, to go with it. We, we couldn't have asked for, for much more at that point.
0: I Equate that result there to when we beat them with Warburton in the semi final. That victory we had there spurred them on to spend big and get a good manager and and spend in the decent areas. Celtic, we know that they've got a massive rebuilding job to do, but you would have thought. I mean, that game was on the second of May. It's now the nineteenth of May, and they're still waiting for how to make a decision. Yep. By the look of it, they have not just said "fuck it," we're going to spend money and we're going to go out and get we're going to get a bigger manager than than how.
1: It's it's. Uh, I think times are different now. For them especially, Derek, it's certainly not the, you know, we'll go and ask our investors to come in and pump millions and millions, and I don't think that they can do that. And this is when we really have to, you know, take Scottish football to be ours again and to be completely dominant and going and by that. The way that they've been this season and then as I say culminating in that performance against them the last game at I- Ibrox there, that just shows how dominant that we are. And it was just it was just great to see Derek, the belief and everything and for the fact that they've no beaten us at all this season is, is unheard of. Not not even in a cup game. It's just great. Absolutely brilliant! I, I love it. I'm absolutely loving it at the moment, and that, as I say, for me was just—I I, I keep going back to Defoe but you know that was like again the cherry on the top. Was it? It was just just fantastic.
0: Yeah. The aftermath is, as you could have predicted, John Kennedy doesn't think that McGregor should have been sent off. He apparently sought out the referee at halftime for clarity, or as they always do over the first yeah. yellow card. The referee claimed it was for a, a reckless challenge, which it was, there's no doubt about it. The Clyde won phone-in. Dave, I have oh, never oh. laughed so much in my life. I don't make a habit of of listening to them, but this season has been exceptional, but this one, after this game, was amazing.
1: It has been, Derek, I've been the same as you, I've done a boycott on Radio Clyde for quite a few years, this season though, I must admit I have listened to it a lot, all of their mad fans have been absolute comedy gold, Derek, it has been one of the funniest things, and I am not listening to Radio Clyde for any sporting expertise, especially when they've got the likes of Mark Wilson and Hugh Keebans there, but it is purely for the comedy value. It's It's just Tremendous Derek isn't it It re- really really is It brings bonkers onto a whole new level
0: I mean there was a fan that was arguing that About it shouldn't have been a second yellow card Because well they had scored the goal And he shouldn't have brought the play back Then Gordon Duncan read out the rules To which the caller still disputed it uh, It was a case of <laughs> if it, oh, It was mad And then they had a guy who only named himself By the name of Mr Tate Yes <laughs> Yes Oh, man. I I can't even remember half the shit he was talking because there was so much of it, but the fact that he could be so up his own arse to call himself Mr Tate, not even by his his first name, which is what quite funny what Gordon Duncan actually said. I only know you by Mr Tate. I don't know your first name. You haven't given it here. What a ball bag. Anyway, um, (laughs) there was an up... An update to Barisic's injury it was a tight quad and not expected to be as, as serious as he first thought. He'd never featured in any of the other games the last two remaining games, and he should be fine for the Euros. So that's the main thing going into these last few games. There's going to be a lot of players going to the Euros, yeah. and you can understand if they're a wee bit you know, trepidatious about yeah. going into these games, going into everything full-blooded, uh, but uh, fortunately, he it should be fine. There yeah. was a video emerged as well of On The Park, where Brown was complaining to the referee about a challenge Morellis put on their keeper. Oh. Audio can be quite clearly heard with Morellis making a crying motion with his hands yeah. and then going to him, boo baby, boo baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as I've seen the gif as well, Derek, But just tr- tremendous also. Great, great with Morellis. Y- y- you just know... There is a deep lying hatred on the park between the two of them, and I think that's a good going back to, to Morelos' goal for that to be Brown's last old firm game and for him to get humiliated like that, you know, nutmegged inside his own box and Morelos rifling the ball in, into the goal. It couldn't have gone much better for Morelos, could it have been? It was just tremendous <laughs> boo baby?
0: <laughs> but anyway, the next game. Wednesday the 12th of May, we won 3-0 against Livingston in the Premiership. We had two changes from the team that beat Celtic, McLaughlin in for McGregor and Hadji in for the injured Barisic. We only named six subs as well due to injuries and suspensions. Obviously, we scored a look at the COVID-5 and weirdly, Aribo was playing left-back, but honestly, you would have thought he was a natural.
1: Exactly. It shows how good a player he is. Derek, he's been fantastic for us this season. You know, there's only been an odd... Couple of games throughout the season where you've said that he's no, you kind of he's been off his game, and that again, as, as you say, he, he never looked shaky. Did he? he? Just looked as if he was, like, you, you know, your bog standard SPL left back, put, put play, playing in there. There was no hassles. His defending was excellent. He was still trying to get forward and still trying to do a, a bit of trickery as well. It's just, you know, again, it shows the, the, the mark of a very good player. I think it's somebody that can go in, especially that t- type of position, Derek. A guy that can go through playing as an attacking midfielder and can slot in there. Just just excellent. Really good. And that, but I've done his confidence, the world the good as well, knowing that he was able to step step in there and play like that. So, just great to
0: see him. So we're lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Simpson, Uribo, Davis, Kamara, Hadji, Roof, Kent and Morales. On the subs bench we have McGregor, Defoe, Eton, Wright, Stewart and King. So the first real play never actually happened until the 21st minute. It was a long ball by Livingston and we ended up clearing it the other shot, mind you. 27th minute, Hadji with a shot from 25 yards just by the left post. 35th minute, Kent gets a bit of space and hits a rasper from 25 yards on the left but goes wide to the right. And on those three words you love to hear happened on the 40th minute penalty yep. to Rangers. The ball was played forward to Roof, who had a lovely back heel to Hadji running into the box. The keeper clearly taking out Hadji. So yeah. clear as day penalty. 41st minute, Tavernier steps up, slots into the bottom left corner. Keeper guessed right, but he hit it into the side net in such a such a, such an angle right into the corner and there was no chance the keeper was actually getting to it.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: So, despite nothing really happening apart from the penalty, you know, we 1 0 up. It wasn't the greatest of performances so far. We were certainly dominant on top, just really weren't moving the ball about. But again, you've got to caveat it with a dead rubber game. Into the second half, 55th minute, fireworks from the gathered fans in the corner. Obviously, they shouldn't have been there, but a bunch of fans you could see into the stadium. They're going to take the chance if they can get it. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah.
0: And then on the 57th minute, Kent made it 2-0. Tavenier drives the ball forward on the right. Lovely dinked long cross ball to Kent in the middle. Kent with a first-time cushioned volley to pass it to the right to Morelos, who then crosses back to Kent, who slides at home. Great goal.
1: Yep, fantastic goal, Derek, as you say, and, you know, came at the perfect time as well at, at that point and was making it... Uh... No, no, an easy game, you know, for for the rest rest of the match. But certainly the players were able to sort, sort of relax. They had the win in the bag, and you know, great for Kent as well. He had a fantastic game up to that point. So really, really pleased for him
0: yeah. Once again though we nearly outdone ourselves As well because in the 59th minute Two minutes after we scored The ball was in from the right by Livingston Knocked away by the head of our defender But only to the edge of the box Where Livingston player hit a slice shot off the bar Up in the air and then punched away by McLaughlin So living dangerously just after yeah. the goal again 68th minute cross in from the right by Livingston Deflected into the path of the attacker Who had an open goal from 6 yards And side foots it off the outside of the post Out for the goal kick An absolute shocker of a miss wasn't it
1: <laughs> it really was Derek Emerson I totally good, couldn't believe it and, uh, and I'm sure you're about to get into it. it wasn't the first uh, you know, great chance that he had to score that boy was it?
0: No, certainly not Made a couple of subs and the 80th minute, Roof and Morelos off, Itten and Defoe on and then on the 82nd minute Hadji puts us 3-0 up, lovely strength by Rebo on the left to shrug off the living player plays a fantastic pass to Itten just outside the box, who plays an equally fantastic pass across the box to Hadji, who hits a first time shot into the left side of the net. Brilliant goal. All came from Arebo as well, from the strength he's shown to beat the beat off the player.
1: Yeah, and again, delighted for Hadji as well. Maybe feeling a wee bit hard done to himself, you know, because he's not been in that much involved in the past few games. He's, he's a guy, Derek, that when he's on forum, he looks absolutely world-class. I think he sometimes suffers the lack of confidence a wee bit, but he certainly looked excellent in this game and took his goal tremendously well. Really pleased for him.
0: So that's how the game finished up. 3-0, got to be delighted as well. You know, Livingston potential bogey team, especially playing away at their near Turf Park as well, but passed with flying colours. The headlines after the game, though, police hunting fans who let off fireworks. Contrast that with the headlines after the Partick Thistle game. I I think it was at the weekend previously where they got promotion, I believe. Their fans also let off fireworks and it was basically jubilant Partick fans celebrate. That's the kind of shit we're up against and we'll get into after the next game, Dave, won't we?
1: Yes, we certainly will.
0: So the day had finally come. It was Saturday the 15th of May. We won 4-0 at home against Aberdeen and it was trophy day. It had been a long time coming, two months in the making. I know we're going to cover some stuff that, Dave, you don't really want to cover, but I think it's gone too far and we really need to cover it because it's an absolute scandal what's happened. But we'll get into that in, in due course. We'll cover all the great stuff first, won't we?
1: Yeah, and it was. We'll concentrate on all the you know, t- tremendous events that's been happening and the fantastic performances as well. And this game was no exception to that, Derek.
0: Definitely not, no. So the night before, the Union Bears had organised around 100 fans oh. to line either side of the Clyde at the Squinty Bridge and let off red flares. Absolutely stunning. Some cracking images, some cracking videos. Done me proud of a, as a fan. And if you're really having a pop at our fans for doing it, like Holocom Supremo's partner Lorraine Herbison was doing, then you really are just a bitter fud. There was another classic from another idea said that we had set the Clyde on fire and it was imagery of rivers of blood.
1: <laughs> it sounds like Sonic Game of Thrones. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was, fucking hell.
1: Derek, it was, a, it was a spectacle, took to behold, is what it was. It was very well organised. Personally, I knew nothing about it at all, so it shows you how much work has went into it to get that many people to be able to pull it off. It was absolutely spectacular what they did, and for Rangers fans watching it, just it was just absolutely incredible. I don't think we'll see scenes like it again. Brilliantly organised by guys at the Union Bears. Hats off to you. The 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 whole thing was just fantastic.
0: Although, did you see the Croatian celebrations? I can't remember where it was. It Split or something like that. No. They lit up the whole city with with um, fireworks, red fireworks all over the city. So I think next year when fifty six comes, <laughs> Union Bears should eat no, up your no. game.
1: No, that's when we win the Champions League next season, Derek.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Absolutely. You're right there. Yep. Next thing here is Tavernier also bought 55 gold-coloured bottles of champagne, put them in a fancy box, which were all engraved, the bottles and the box, with teammates' names engraved on it. Absolutely classy. Brilliant gesture as well from Tavernier.
1: Yeah, you can see everything that's came out after it, as we'll speak about Derek, you can see how much this has meant to him. You know, the guy that's been there the longest, out out of the playing staff, a guy that's, you know, had his ups and downs. He's taking a fair bit of criticism, especially by us. Uh, He's uh, You know, he's came back, he's proved everybody wrong. He's been fantastic this season, absolutely tremendous. And as you say, that's just a... A great gesture and a fantastic keepsake for everybody that played in, in the team, you know, sheer, sheer class for the captain.
0: Next thing here, it's been hinted at for a number of weeks now. Tiny Temper finally dropped the song <laughs> dedicated to her 55th title. <laughs> and it was called Glorious Fifty-Five. Now. Let's face it, the song's a bit shit, isn't it? But him rapping about No Surrender, Can You See Us Now, getting stuck right into Celtic, and the fact that our major musician has made a song about Rangers is absolutely fuck. it's bonkers, it really is.
1: It really is, and apparently a lot of the, the vast majority of the phrases used in the song were taken by players. Uh, I heard, you know, I'm hoping it's true that uh, he put out requests to members of the first team to ask what to go into the into the track. And these are some of the things that he came back with. So uh, as you say, Derek, he's... Uh, I'm a huge fan of rap music, but more my era. So, you know, I'll not say much about the actual track itself, but class, as you say, that the guy has got involved. It took time and effort to come out with a track for us. I think his uh, link with the team is Leon Baligan for some reason. I, I don't know if they're friends or friends of friends, I'm not sure, but just for, for him to actually go out and take the time and effort to do that for us, absolutely brilliant, and certainly no be forgotten by the Ranger supporters, so thank you. If he's listening by any chance, and anybody else that knows him, it was a great gesture from, from the club, and we're all delighted with it.
0: I, I, I didn't really mean it was a bit shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: alright, Derek, I can admit when I'm wrong, I'm not like you, it's alright. <laughs>
0: As I said, we'll leave the, the fan issues to the end in the marches. Um Rangers TV, though, was an absolute bloody disgrace. It was buffering the pre-match, so I never got any of that at all. Oh. It sort it sorted itself out until really the last 20 minutes where I've seen bits of bobs of it. I missed the last goal. I've not even watched it back yet. And I've only seen bits of the trophy lift as well, and it, live anyway. I missed them even lifting the proper trophy. It oh. was just uh, gutty. As I, as I said on, on uh, social media, 10 years of waiting, and then Rangers TV lets I, me I know. down but,
1: it was the thing that worried me the most, Derek. I was sitting watching the pregame on Rangers TV and I know that there has been issues. I know that there would have been more than normal or more than usual amount of people watching it on our TV. I had a horrible feeling that it was going to happen. That's why I chose to watch it on Sky and I'm glad now that I did. And it's, uh, I just had a feeling it would be issues, and when I heard the problems that you were having, mate, it was uh, you know an absolute disaster. And you you, you put it quite uh, well in your tweet that you'd waited that long to watch us lift the trophy, and you didn't even get a chance to because of poor quality, which is uh, not your fault in the slightest. So, I very very poor. Maybe the only you know th- th- thing that blighted the day, uh, you know, especially on the park. So, I a a bit of a nightmare.
0: But anyway the game itself one change from the Livingston game so we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Simpson, Aribo, Kamara, Davis, Hadji, Roof, Kent and Morelis on the subs bench we had McLaughlin, Firth, Defoe, Itton, Wright, Stewart, Arfield and King and we went 1-0 up on the fourth minute with an OG the ball was knocked about well on the left past to Hadji in the centre near the Aberdeen box lovely cross to Tavernier on the right of the box who crosses it in and it d- deflects off the boot of the Aberdeen defender and into the back of it take it everywhere they come
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> uh, and I think at the end of the game, Tav was raging the fact that uh, you know he, he wasn't g- getting to claim the goal because he was told uh, you know just after the game that it had been put down as an own goal, so he could tell that he was desperate for that to actually count for him. And I think that would possibly have been his twentieth goal of the season as well, Derek. But yeah. wasn't to be.
0: No. And then it really turned into a very scrappy game but we we're in control but we're doing nothing. Neither keeper having anything to do. A few wayward crosses from us. Aberdeen trying to hurt us in the break but nothing really coming from either team. And then out of the blue almost 33rd minute we scored our second goal with Roof scoring. Great tenacity by Kent on the left in the Aberdeen half to win back the ball. Ball flicks up. Kent collects the ball. rebel leaves it for Kent who makes a driving run down the left. Gets past the player. Gets to the goal line. Cuts it back to Roof who has a flick shot and deflected off the Aberdeen defender and at the back I would have thought that was an OG, but it got officially put down his roof. So chuffed there. Yeah,
1: no, it was great move, Derek. And again, for Defoe although it didn't go in cleanly, the the strike that he managed to get on it because he was at a bit of an angle, the ball was at some pace. It was a fantastic flick in, into the goal. And as you say, it, it's taken a, a bit of a deflection, but you know, I certainly wouldn't t- take it away from him. And excellent scoreline at that point, Derek, again and, and the team looked really, really confident
0: Yep, absolutely On the 39th minute, Kent running towards goal in the centre Clearly taken out Ref was looking right at it, nothing given Typical referees, Yeah, Yep, yep <laughs> So got to be delighted with that Clearly on top, 2-0 up Aberdeen, nothing in it You know, happy with that?
1: Definitely, yeah Great great score, got go into half-time Again, the players looking you know, like they were well in control
0: at that point, Derek. Yep. And then halftime came and it kind of turned on its head because it was all Aberdeen for the first good part of the the second half. 49th minute, cross in by the left from Aberdeen after some possession, right to the back post. Attacker got a skiff of his head to it and wide. If it was a proper connection, then it was in. 51st minute, another cross from the left by Aberdeen, header down into the ground and we cleared. Aberdeen were appealing for handball, but nothing was given. I can't remember how that how that went anyway, 56 minute Aberdeen with a defence splitting through ball their attacker gets the ball, takes it to the left, crosses into Lewis Ferguson with an open goal, who smashes it off the bar from six yards, bounces off the line and are eventually cleared, living dangerously at that point there
1: We really were Derek and I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that down as a really bad miss by Ferguson rather because it would have looked easier for him to actually just prod that in, into the net thankfully it came crashing off the bar but we were living dangerously at that point
0: 59th minute, Goldson with a sloppy sideways pass to Hadji at the edge of the box, accepted by the attacker, taken to the right and a shot hit. McGregor makes a save with his leg and then cleared by the defender. That was a Goldson issue of of last season, that sloppy play. When do you ever play a a cross goal, you know, pass like that? Granted, it was at the edge of the box, Uh, but it was a cross ball like that. You should never play that, but we'll let him away with that. 60th minute though. We completely put the game to bed and we went 3-0 up with Roof scoring. Ball played down the right on the deck, intercepted by the defender, but a sloppy pass into the middle. The ever alert Hadji who nips in, collects the ball, passes to Roof, who takes a touch to control and get it forward and hits a shot from the outside of the box and into the back of the net. Great goal.
1: A Fantastic goal again Derek and it was at that stage uh, I was sitting watching the game uh, with my son and as you say Aberdeen were getting all these chances clear cut chances and I said to him how funny would it be if we just go up the park and just score you know that would have been so demoralising for them putting all all the effort in getting the chances and we just go up and that's exactly what we did Roof again in the last two, two games Derek has looked like our main man very dangerous and that was just a great move as you say, Hadji latches onto it and doing what he does best, you know, being the provider uh, great ball in to Roof who, you know, went through as you say, one touch, smashes it in, into the net outside, fantastic goal and just cruising Derek it was great
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it was you that sent me a start Considering you didn't like Griff, he's now scored more goals this season in the league than Morales. Exactly.
1: exactly. Not Derek. Derek. You, you, you know me. I love everybody <laughs> that plays for Rangers, but I have been very, very critical of the guy. Especially, you know, up until the Celtic game. There, I thought, he's, you know, ever, ever since he got injured and came back, it didn't look like the player that he was at all. But he certainly made me eat my words in the last two games because I thought he's been absolutely fantastic. And as you say, quite incredible that he's actually scored more goals than Alfredo Morelos, which, you know, if, if, if you were to look back, you would say, no, there's, there's, there's no chance. But he actually has. So, again, it's great that we've got, mm-hmm. you know, these forward players, Derek, that are all contributing To the team, that for me has been a big part of our success this season. We've not just had to rely on Alfredo Morelos to score. Everybody's been scoring. And when you get your front three players all scoring a lot of goals and have your captain at right back coming in to be the top goal scorer, it's just it's tremendous. The goals are coming from everywhere in the park. Again, hats, hats off to the guy. He proved me wrong. Uh, and it, it looks as if he's really lo- lo- loving his time he- here as well. He's always got positive things to say about the club. So, you know, long may that continue. Here's hoping that it was just a wheel all the had Derek. And <laughs> next season, I'll be going on about how much a fantastic player he is and that I never ever slagged them off ever.
0: <laughs> With a bit of luck, yes. So the game kind of petered out after that. Aberdeen had a couple of chances. We had a couple of chances. We made a few subs. Defoe came on in the 61st minute. yeah, And he made it 4-0 on the yep. 87th minute. As I said, our TV was playing up. So I completely missed it. I haven't had a chance to watch it back again. Dave, oh. I don't know if you can fill me in.
1: Derek, very, very similar to the goal that he scored against Celtic. The ball played through to him in the box. And he just seemed to have an array of Aberdeen defenders legs surrounding him. But his close control, you know, it just to be able to dink past one. But not not sort of close control and run like what you would see J Aribo, who seems to be kind of on his tiptoes and sort of jinx about. It was just sheer sheer control with the outside of the foot he goes one way, goes the other way, and then he just places the ball past, past the goalkeeper as cool as you like. And that's what, that's what we love about Defoe, Derek. He just makes things like that look so effortless. And, you know, comes on again for the icing on the cake again on a fantastic day for us. Uh, you know, great f- fitting that was him that done it again. Delighted for, for the guy. You can see how much an influence he has in the whole team because everybody was over celebrating exactly like the Celtic game as well. So you can tell how popular he is. Just great. It was a a great goal and a great end to to the game at that point, Derek.
0: Yeah, so that's how the game ended, and then it became the celebrations on the park. Uh, apparently, Doncaster and somebody else from the SPFL were there. They were in the stand, but they didn't present the trophy. That was John Gregg What a fantastic yes. moment for him! That is yeah. certainly given where we've come, came from, where we are now. Amazing scenes all around. Morales, I think it was tipping champagne all over Gerard. Yeah, uh, he was pranking Jack, telling oh, Jack to come and sit hope, down. I
1: was but, hoping that you were going to oh. say this because that this. This, for me, Derek, was the highlight of the celebrations.
0: <laughs> you know, prompt, he was sitting down trying to get his picture taken on the advertising hoard and motioned for Jack to come and sit down next to him and he had put his finger, so when Jack was about to sit down, he was going to put his finger up his bum. Just absolutely amazing. It
1: was yeah, but, hilarious. It was hilarious. And going. I've heard the, uh, uh, Tav getting uh, interviewed and he can only describe Alfredo Morelos as just being an, a total and utter pest and a pest to him. But in, in a good way, he says he's just a total child, big kid all the time uh, and just wanting to have a carry on constantly. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, I think you can see that. And that to me, it was that was the highlight of the celebrations for me, Derek. It was so funny. Uh, <laughs> you could see how much they were all laughing as well. It was it was it was like a schoolboy school sort of day. What was it? But just great to see
0: it really was. And then there was good, really great interviews with uh, McGregor, Gerard yeah. Davis, Tavernier, uh as well on Sky Sports. Tavernier on Rangers TV with Bomber Brown. Bomber was hilarious. He basically yeah. threatened him to stay here for the rest of his career. <laughs> he did, yeah, he certainly like, did. I would
1: have yeah. been
0: sh- I would have been shitting it if it was Tavernier to be honest. <laughs>
1: The, uh, the, the the interviews were, were brilliant as well. On RTV, Derek, I sat and I, I listened to every single one of them, all the players and staff that got uh, in- interviewed. That's what I did that night, uh, sat back, and it was just great. You can see how much it means to everyone. Again, going back to J- Jermaine Defoe, I thought his interview was absolutely, you know, tremendous as well. Uh, you know, for, for a guy who's done so much in the game, so so much respected down, down in England, for, for him to come and show the, you know, sheer joy and sheer love that he's had for his time here and, and 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 for the club again, that was a bit of a highlight for me. Also, it was it was great.
0: Yeah, players then had a celebration in one of the lounges, which we'll get on to later on. Um, <laughs> But most <laughs> of them, <laughs> but most of them were still in their match strip as well. hadn't even changed. Yeah. There was yeah. a video of Tavernier arriving back home with his family there, and he had the trophy <laughs> as well, and he was celebrating. There's an absolute amazing picture of him in the morning. He had apparently slept in his match worn strip, and he oh had the trophy my God. trophy next to him. He must have been absolutely howling, but I'm, I'm sure smelly, he's, wet, he's smelly. bugger, No, definitely not. <laughs> And then probably, for me, the highlight of of everything, the next day, it was absolutely stunning. The Dubai Loyal, amongst others, organised for the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa, to be lit up in Rangers colours and had an LED projection. It was absolutely stunning. It really was, Dave.
1: Derek, uh, it was you that, that that sent me. Sorry, I got I got a link sent and I got stuff sent for you. I honestly thought that it was going to be a superimposed thing. It was going to be a joke or a wind-up. But to actually see that happen is incredible. I mean, I, I dread to think how much money was spent by the Dubai Loyal to get that to happen. It was absolutely stunning to watch. Uh, I'm glad that Rangers latched onto it as well to let everyone see it it was It was just incredible if we thought that the sights uh, going down the side of the Clyde the night before were incredible then this you know was certainly you know it, it, it even topped up for me absolutely spectacular stuff and again a fitting tribute to the team this year brilliant yeah so Dave I know oh,
0: we didn't really yeah, want to cover this.
1: I know, it's, it's, it's been a good, light-hearted, celebratory pod so, so far, Derek. We've been recording now for how long? About an hour and a half? An In hour total... and a half,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, dearie, dear. Right, okay. On, on you go, mate.
0: I'm going to try and take this through kind of chronologically here, because it's, there's been so much utter shit, some hilarious stuff, but it's actually quite serious shit as well when you think about it. Caveat everything with that we know there's a pandemic ongoing and yes, we know fans shouldn't have been there. However, Pandora's box was opened two days previously when there was a home office immigration operation going on where some MSPs were actively encouraging people to attend that scene yeah. to protest and stop the two males being arrested. Now, the reasons for their arrest are really not for this pod. That's no, another story no, altogether. We're not getting no, into that. No, All I will say about it is it was a lawful order and ultimately it was obstruction of justice. However, in their wisdom, the Justice Secretary and the First Minister and many other MSPs and senior MSPs praised the actions of the people stopping the arrest. Not a peep about the fact that nearly between 500 and 1,000 people gathered there. You cannot have rules for one gathering and different ones for another gathering. You cannot do that. And that is the message they sent out, the fact that it's fair game. If you want to attend en masse, that's fair game because they never criticised it one iota. So in the run-up to this, Rangers have been constantly putting out messages to stay safe, stick within the guidelines. It was known two months in advance since we won it that fans would turn up at Ibrox and yeah, George Square, yeah. regardless of yes. what people are going to tell yeah. them. Union Bears had organised a march to George Square that's really the only thing I kind of have an issue with to be honest we need to box clever with it However, thousands of fans turned up at ibrox in the morning before the game the video of the bouncy on the squinty bridge is absolutely amazing it really is as i said caveat this all with with the fact that they shouldn't have been there blah 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 i'm not i'm not talking about that anymore because that's another story yeah There was lots of flares, there was lots of singing, there was lots of celebrating. It was all good atmosphere at that point. After the game, it then moved on to George Square. And from all accounts, it was largely peaceful. The police issued a statement basically saying as much. And they also said that there was a handful of arrests for minor public order offences, such as drinking in the street, flares, but nothing out of the order at that point. And the last line of their statement, for me was very telling because it sounded as if it was a bit of a fuck you to all you keyboard warriors calling for more arrests. We're the police. We know the tactics and we'll deal with it. And I have no issue with that whatsoever. Cause you've seen it all on the, the run up because Dave, you were probably like me checking your phone constantly and you were, it was interspersed with we are souls complaining that the fact on oh, this yeah. is going on, this shouldn't be happening. Right. Again, same people were probably the ones that were saying nothing about the, the whole protest for the immigration issue before yeah, as well.
1: and and other marches that have been taking place and demonstrations that have been taking place as well, Derek.
0: Exactly. So throughout all the day... We had Hamza Youssef on Twitter slamming the disgraceful scenes and he even had the cheek to say that the rules are the same for everyone and the evidence is clear. When large numbers of people gather in close proximity, there's an increased risk of of transmission. And other MSPs and SNP councillors joined him on Twitter in saying that as well. Now, firstly, he's got one massive cheek saying that about the fact that the rules are the same for everyone because clearly, no, they aren't because you never done the same condemnation of the of the people that were turning up to protest all throughout the last summer all throughout this year and we've had numerous marches protests etc and it doesn't matter what the cause is a mass gathering is a mass gathering yeah and as well in terms of people in close proximity there's no evidence to suggest credible evidence that suggests people gathering outside has a very very low transmission rate yeah yep so I've seen a few tweets from Rangers fans around half five saying that the atmosphere is definitely starting to change. Alcohol was clearly taking over yeah. and it was starting to come on, really. Around eight, nine o'clock, there was a police statement saying that the public order are coming in. So we're issued, we've issued a dispersal order due to the increased disruption. At that point, I felt fair enough. We've celebrated long enough. It's Everybody's had fun. It's time to go home. And you could have no issue with that whatsoever. And then a couple of videos, unfortunately, started to emerge. From Celtic accounts, no less. Now, bear in mind, and I'm not saying this is the actual case that happened, but bear in mind, last season when Osagek came over to Glasgow, two of their fans got stabbed, and it was all the, the violence was orchestrated by that horse assaulting wanker Celtic fan. Now, as I said, I'm not saying that this, that's the case this time, but it's funny what type of accounts the videos emerge from. None from Rangers fans, all from this. The videos did show a couple of scuffles starting to break out. Again, I'm not condoning the violence whatsoever. It, it was a disgrace. Some fans and some people, I'm not even going to call them fans anyway, that some people cannot handle their drink. But, and again, a caveat this with it, I'm not condoning it whatsoever. But you see worse in the town centres every other weekend yep. at normal times. Mm-hmm. And there's not the same outcry. And then there's videos of fans lobbing plastic barriers at the police and a few videos of fans chanting sectarian stuff. That is an absolute disgrace. If you've been celebrating all day, the police quite rightly want you to move on now. And I've seen the public order guys marching in in mass and try to close down the street. I think if you're the type of person when you see the police en masse marching down the street to move you on in full riot gear and you want to challenge from them, you must be some kind of utter fuckwit. And you are not a fan of this club. You're just an absolute disgrace of a human being, never mind anything else. You might disagree with the police. You might disagree with the politics. You might disagree with the reasons for them doing it. But sorry, didn't you get yourself involved in that? Because ultimately all that's happened is the the Rangers fans in general have now got a bad reputation for you causing issues. Now, needless to say on that, Hamza Youssef was straight on Twitter. Now, as I've said, there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for the fighting, especially not the police assaults. Nobody has condoned that, and nobody will condone that. Rangers have since issued a statement slamming those those alleged fans. As I've said to you just there, some people in society see public order closing down a situation, and they take it as a personal offence. And from all accounts, up until that point, the police were spot on with their tactics, and you can have no complaints about them. It was when the public order came in that people were so dismissive of them. Now, I've seen a video, it looked a bit heavy-handed, where there was a woman sitting on a bench or sitting on one of the statues, and she was chucked off with and hit in the head by one one of the riot shields. Now, I don't know what's led up to that. That's the problem with social media videos. People sometimes don't give you the full situation. But if you see that, Dave, are you just going to sit there and ignore the police? No, you're not. So you need to be... Again, it's about boxing clever. Now... After everything had cleared up, there was a video from an absolute walloper walking around George Square in the dead of night to be offended by the litter. Yeah, Granted, it was an absolute state with broken bottles, but that's all it was. It was some litter, and I'm not going to try and dismiss that as, oh, it's only litter, but that's at the end of the day. It it really was. It wasn't nuclear waste. It was a bit of litter. It was cleared up by half six in the morning. Folks saying Rangers should be billed for the clean-up. Clearly, you are living in cuckoo land. It's a recurring theme, which we'll get into with people just want to blame the club for something that they have no control over. But as I pointed out on Twitter, the same mess gets left at every gathering when drinks involved. Hogmanay transmit, any public gathering like that. People then claim to me, well, the cost that people pay tickets for that, the, the, the cost of the tickets, the, the cost of cleanups factored into that. Well, no, it really isn't, and it doesn't factor into the, the fact there's a cost to the clean-up like other places like ScotRail who were actually complaining after one of the transmits with the, the, the mess that was left after one of the events there. Now, there was estimates of 15,000 fans there, 20 arrests so far, including ones from the earlier on, which were for minor disorder. I don't know about you, Dave, I've only seen about three or four videos of violence and maybe a maximum of 50, 60 persons involved. Again, it's a disgrace. It it happened and nobody's condoning that. But once again, people are letting guilt by association run riot. And this is typified by one journalist when she was reporting actually on a a fan alleging they'd been assaulted by the police that 15,000 fans were rioting. Absolute scandalous reporting, Dave.
1: Derek, I, I want to just quickly go back to, you know, you were talking about fans fighting and throwing things at the police and things like that. What I can't understand and you you said there that maybe some people will see the police in all their right gear and take that as a personal challenge that they're trying to get to them i can't get it through my head these people would be how it doesn't the the first thing into their head is how is this going to look on the club right that's you know the first thing that would be going through my head we know Through years and years of experience that Rangers fans, people will be going out to scrutinise every single thing that Rangers as a club do and the fans do. And there's other things coming up, the farcical things that we'll get into. And the first thing that I would say was, yes, everybody and their granny knew that there was going to be, I actually thought there would be more than 15,000 people turning up at Glasgow. Everybody knew that it was going to happen, and I'm sure you're going to get into as well. There was things, but brought up about that. But for the the idiots that get drunk, surely the first thing that I would I would love you're there to celebrate your team winning the league, getting fifty five. Surely that must be your first thought, right? And if that's not your first thought, then there's something seriously wrong with you that you think is acceptable to go out and cause bother and, th- and throw things at, at the police and, and blah blah blah. The club will get totally crucified for it as well. All, all the fans will be tarred with the same brush. Blah blah blah. I've seen it time and time again, and that's what I can't get in my head, Derek, is the fact that fans that that's not what they're thinking as well. That's, that's what's getting me. Whether they're blind drunk or not, the primary reason that they were there was to celebrate Rangers winning the league. And if they can't see that anything negative that they do is going to come back on the club and on them by everybody. And trust me, Derek, there's a section of society that we really have killed this year with the fact that we came out and we've won that league because... People are looking for the slightest we think to have a go, and when you do something as serious as that, it's going to affect everyone connected with the club. And that's that's my main gripe about it all is the fact that that's you know that that doesn't come doesn't seem to come into pe- people's heads that how acting like that is going to affect all the other supporters and the club.
0: I mean. Sadly as, as is the case with a lot of Non-Rangers and non-football fans Is there's too many in positions of power Especially that their first Thought is typical Rangers fans or typical yes. football fans See if that's your first thought after You seeing what happened on Saturday then Quite simply your opinion means absolutely Nothing because you're not adult enough To understand that it's not a Rangers or Football issue, you're an immature Bigoted arsehole if that's really the case Drinking culture and drinking violence has been described as a society issue, but I don't actually agree with that. I think drink brings its problems because a small minority cannot handle their drink and they cause the issues. Combine that when they get caught, they don't get punished properly. There's a very weak punishment line when it comes to this and they don't see it themselves that they maybe need to stop drinking or stop drinking as much. I mean, Dave, you and I have been on countless nights out together and we've both been absolutely mangled, but not once have we been in a position where we've been caused an issue. Drunk and disorderly we wanted to go and start a fight have a go at the police or anything like that it's in the mindset of some people and these people it's not even an education it's they're they're quite clearly incapable of having a drink without causing an issue i had a friend who done that all the time and i disassociated myself with him because i wasn't getting involved and dragged down to his level it's a society issue in that respect because there's too many people that are like that and there's not enough punishments getting meted out to that The minimum pricing of alcohol is a case in point. They've punished everyone for the small minority of people that cause the issues. You look at the arrest figures for Scotland in football, it's very, very small, but you seem to think that it's a massive issue compared with the amount of fans that attend, but it's not. That's the big thing. We're getting off on a, a tangent there, but we then move on to the next day, onto the the Sunday where there's a pro-Palestine, anti-Israel protest yes. with around 5,000 people marching throughout the streets. Again, parking your views on the reasons for the protest, that's not for this pod. But this is another mass gathering. Not a peep from the usual suspects. Nope. Cue the next day. On the Monday, you had the inevitable statements from Sturgeon, Humser, Swinney, criticising Rangers and our fans. Humza claiming that we should have done more. All at the same time, not a peep about the mass gathering on the Sunday or the mass gathering on the immigration or everything that's went through the whole year. The hypocrisy is simply astounding. And I I am not criticising any Rangers fan who turned up on, on Saturday on that point alone because you cannot have a two tiered system because that's what it is. Funnily enough, Rangers fans stand for being British. Funny that the SNP hate everything that's British, so I don't know if there's an ulterior agenda going on there. And as I said, the government opened the door for this to happen on Saturday due to their inaction, be it deliberate or not. But Dave, we're still not going to be finished with the government. I'll get into that in a minute. Police Scotland have now set up an inquiry team to investigate the disorder fully, so kind of like what happened after the Scottish Cup final against Hibs. And later on that day, I did actually have this put as the most laughable part of this whole saga, but something came out last <laughs> night which is even even more laughable. As you've alluded to, player videos started coming from the celebrations in the lounge at Ibrox. One of them was from the players singing and dancing to Sweet Caroline. I believe the original video was already out there in the ether when a TikTok came from Willie Wanker.
1: Yes. Reliable source, Derek. Yes.
0: Exactly. He was apparently only followed by bots. He wasn't following anything anybody and he's since deleted his account apparently as well. And he put out the exact same video, but apparently I've not heard this particular video, but it was apparently dubbed with the bit that goes d d du with FTP. And you know everybody knows what officer that stands for. Now I've heard the original and it's clearly dually I've also heard two other ones that Rangers fans have made to show how easy it is to dub. One was it was perfectly in sync with the players jumping about and dancing, we are not sectarian, we are not sectarian, we are UVF, and it Uh looked perfect. And another is from a video of the Leicester players singing the exact same song the same day after winning the FA Cup, and it looked exactly in sync as well. Now, to me, the original is clearly do-do-do-do, And if you want to claim that that's FTP, then, as I said on Twitter, I liken that to the Still Game episode when they were in the train station, when the train honks its horn, when the tano announces the time, and it could be half one, half two, half three. You can make anything sound like you want it to if that's what you're originally thinking, can't you?
1: Incredible, Derek. Farcical. Again, I will give you an example. I had the
0: James Madison
1: Leicester one on my Twitter, I actually had that and I was speaking to someone the next day who is a Celtic fan who made the the, the the comment and I actually played the James Madison Twitter video to them telling them that it was the one from Ibrox and he told me that he could clearly hear them saying that when it was even that video <laughs> and I showed them that it wasn't even that video and they were still completely so. Oh well, regardless, that's that's what was getting sung. So that you can win with Derek. It's completely farcical. I'll let you get into the next bit, which is even more farcical with the the, the, the lengths that, that, that people have went to with this video. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into that. But you know, as you say, Derek, clear to everybody's eye, trained and untrained, that was not what was being sung. There, especially by a team who have players from all over the world, who have Catholics in the team as well. You know, you're really going to sing that to guys like that who openly come out and bless themselves when they when they go in the park. A complete and utter farce.
0: Yep. Now the police issued a statement saying that they were aware of the apparent video and they will liaise with the Procurator Fiscal after investigating Now if they've received complaints then they are duty bound to investigate so I've absolutely no issue with them looking into this at all. It'll be a quick case for them to solve given there is clearly a fake video floating about given the fact that Obviously, the video came, the original video came from a player or staff member. It'll be a quick case to put out to pasture because all you need to do is City Rangers, who had that video? Players are the, the ones that get accused. Right, give me your phone. There you go. Bang. Done. Done. The one thing I would say, though, is I question the, the word apparent that they used in their statement because surely it should be alleged, then, Dave.
1: Yes, uh, it was definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. However, after that statement from the police, the justice minister, uh, in his wisdom, yes, uh, the justice minister, yeah, he got on Twitter and called for the players to be sacked immediately and cave- caveated that by saying if, and I mean if. He's basically been judge, jury and executioner yep. before an investigation has even started. Nothing short of scandalous, clearly prejudiced the case. It's not the first time he's done this as well because he was doing it all during the Salmon case as well. He has no right whatsoever to tell a private company what to do with their employees. And given the fact that what's happened today where he has been now installed as the health secretary, fuck me, I was all can say about that one, but was this a... Uh, no fucks given tweet because he knew this was going to be happening anyway, and there'll be no recourse if it's all fa- well when it's been found to be this has been a fake video. Absolute scandalous. At the same time, well-known utter weapon James Dornan piped up with a similar comment on Twitter, slamming the players for singing it, and he tried to qualify it by saying, "If and that's if found to be false, then he'll take the post down." Sorry, James. No. Being found guilty until proven innocent is not how the law works, and I'm pretty sure that's not how a defamation case would see it either. I've always had an issue with MSPs especially, or MPs in general, having a Twitter because it's it's basically unaudited. They can get away with saying whatever they want on Twitter without any recourse, which they wouldn't be able to say in Parliament. So,
1: absolute scandal
0: that government <laughs> Derek, officials can say again,
1: that. Again, it comes down to professionalism, in, in my book I've got no issue with uh, p- people in authority having t- Twitter accounts there but you be professional at all time. you don't abuse your power by putting you know, statements like that out and not expecting there to be any kind of backlash, you be as professional as possible all the time, these guys are far from that, what he done was an absolute scandal, he had no right making any kind of comment Before the investigation had taken place, none and again has been abusing his power. The position that he's in, clear for everybody to see bias against their club to come out and put put something out there in in, in the public. The man is an absolute disgrace. He should not be anywhere near any type of seat of power in this country. Wait and see. There will no way that we'll get an apology here when this comes out, that this has all been fake and, you know, we've got nothing to answer for. The man will say nothing a complete disgrace And you know The people that actually Voted for the likes Of him to get Back in power Really need to have A good look at themselves
0: Absolutely Rangers did hit back With a statement Saying that there's A trial by social media By stating it's evident That the video was shared With an adjoining narrative Which attempts to discredit Our players and the Reputation of Rangers Football Club This highlights The dangers of trial By social media It's deeply concerning that this video has been taken as genuine and has been shared widely, including by some political representatives who should be mindful of their influence and legal processes. Our squad is richly diverse, sectarianism is unacceptable and has no place in our club, which is underlined by our Everyone Anyone campaign. We are confident that no criminality took place. We have sought legal advice and will be looking forward to cooperating with Police Scotland. So... Quickly, I mean, some fans thought that that was a weak statement. But see if you came out blood and thunder, you would just look as bad as as, as them. You can't do that, especially when there's an actual due process. Had we went off the deep end and started naming and shaming people, then if it did get to a legal case, then we they, they could just counter sue us for that one.
1: I, I do understand what you're saying, Derek. I just it is very frustrating that that a man uh, of his position coming away, I mean he's actually actively telling Rangers to sack players I mean that is that's disgraceful Derek, it's absolutely disgraceful and the man is so arrogant and his bitterness and hatred towards us, is pouring out of him and again using his political prowess to tweet things like that it's just, it's Unbelievable, and it's you know it's unforgivable as well. And I was just, I, I was extremely angry by the whole thing. I still am just, just now. It's put a total damper. Just that w- one thing, but by him, because I understand like what you said, Derek. There's some idiots out there who want to jump in the bandwagon and say that our players have done something. So you know there will be there'll be complaints made, which is a farcical. But for him. To jump on the bandwagon like that, for him to come out and say something when he has absolutely no need to comment on anything like that, it's just—it's just absolutely deplorable. It really is.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, on the back of all this, now that scumbag Celtic fans have been copying in Slavia Prague Twitter accounts to claim this is what Kamara is like, and I believe that Kamara has had more abuse on the back of it from them, so absolute disgrace. And Michael Beale has also shared a screenshot of a direct mail where he has had sectarian abuse hurled at him, so yeah, absolutely um, ugh, abysmal. Um Cue then yesterday, the Parliament were discussing that old chestnut of strict liability. As we've discussed at length before, it's completely unworkable, I'd argue completely illegal you cannot punish a club for the fans' actions miles away for an event that the club have already said to the fans not to do and the club did not organise it. Bluster, as always, it's really to cover up their feelings, as we'll get on to now, because we're not finished with the government. As documents were released yesterday showing that Rangers wrote to the government asking for 10,000 fans to be allowed into the Aberdeen game, then another 10,000 per day for the next four days after so that fans and the players could celebrate together and it's to prevent them to turn up at the stadium and in George Square. Ultimately, that was because that way it can be controlled in a safe manner. There'll be no alcohol consumed inside the ground. They've cited the fact that the UEFA Finals will have, the UEFA Champions League and Europa League will have fans. The FA Cup that very same day had 20,000 fans, and the Euros that have been held at Hampden in less than a month's time will have 12,000 fans each game. The government eventually replied, it rambled on about the tears system, despite that only been two days away from fans would be allowed into the back uh, with limited numbers anyway. When the story broke yesterday, very much like a Celtic PR, a very hurried statement was released and pre- prepared and released by the government. And it goes like this. At the time when people have missed funerals, not seen loved ones in care homes and had to postpone weddings, it's not right that we make exception to the rules for football fans. There is a limit in group size because it's, the evidence is clear when large numbers of people gather in close proximity, there's increased co- risk of COVID-19 transmission. That is why spectators have not been permitted in stadia up until Monday, when restrictions were eased and al- are allowed no more than 500 people in Level 2 areas. Rangers plans were submitted at short notice and requested permission for a crowd significantly higher than that number, which is refused because of the clear health risk it posed to the public. We also received advice that there was an increased likelihood that large numbers of supporters would gather outside the stadium if they knew that there was some to be permitted inside despite our clear public messages and continued work with the club calling on fans not to gather illegally in large numbers the selfish and irresponsible behavior seen on saturday endangered the lives of others supporters the police on duty and the wider community we have already discussed this with rangers and are liaising with police scotland and the football authorities to consider what further action can be taken so multiple things in that there firstly using the example of care homes Where have they sent people infected and untested back to their deaths to infect more people, so you can fuck off with that one. Secondly, the evidence of large gatherings outdoor is clear. As i said, experts have said the risk to outdoor transmission is less than 1%, I believe, if I've got my figures right there. Thirdly, the short notice... It was known for two months that this was going to happen. Yep. And you replied six days after we wrote to them. And when we did reply, the game was three weeks away. So it wasn't short notice. You've closed down Glasgow in the space of two days. So don't give me this shit about three weeks away and it's too short notice. Fourthly, where did they get the advice that fans would still attend despite some being allowed in? Where did that come from? We'd love to know that one. Is that just them making it up? Did they have intelligence about that from the police or what? That's a very interesting thing to note. And fifthly, and probably the most damning one, the government have the absolute cheek to say, in Parliament, by the way, that Rangers should have done more. We did give them an idea, yet it was shot down with no viable alternative. They chose to close their eyes, stick their fingers in their ears, and hoped the problem would go away, as per everything this circus of a government do when there's a challenge to them. They are absolute clowns, the lot of them, and they try and deflect everything away against their own fault. They were told this would happen. It's not excusing anything that happened especially the violence that's a disgrace but they were told about there was going to be fans there things like the violence and the assaults in the police may not have happened had it been dealt with properly at governmental level and this is where the police rather than still criticizing rangers they need to step in and say no it's a dereliction of duty from the government here especially when this information is now been leaked
1: Derek I uh try to look at things I'm not say simply but I I try to find key key points of certain actions and statements that have taken place. And it is clear to me that the club have tried every way possible to speak to the authorities, to speak to the police, to speak to the council, to speak to everyone to try and get something arranged, to try and make sure that there are, you, you know, there's been precautions taken because everybody knew it was going to happen. So the, the thing that's galling for me most of all is the fact that they are trying everything that they can. That this is, you know, the, the, the government uh, officials and spokespersons are trying everything they can to put some sort of blame on the club. And to me, it's, it's just a farce because we've came out time and time again and showed, just quite rightly, what you've said. We a huge time frame that we have been in contact with them to try and get something arranged, and they have not been willing to do so.
0: Uh, it's just unbelievable. This is going to roll on and roll on and roll yep. on. And I and I hope Rangers are just waiting for the the whole issue with the video just to settle down and be yeah. found out that there's absolute bullshit, and then go all guns blazing at this. But this is the thing what recourse is there going to be? Now that Humza's been shuffled off to exactly, a nice yes. other thing, what recourse is there? Because they're going to claim they're always not in that position anymore. But, you know, absolutely scandalous. Rangers really need to go to town with this now and take it as far as it can go because the fans are sick of it. And this is the annoying thing, see the idiots that did cause the, the major issues they're just putting Rangers on the back foot now whereas they could be on the front foot and say listen, the police have already said it was pretty much all that's- great. Bro. But anyway, Dave, that's the last of the rants I want to go on now. Okay. We've covered it in great depth there, there's a lot there. I know you didn't really want to cover it but I think given everything that's happened and the absolute scandal that our club is, is getting forced upon them just now, it, it was pertinent to, to cover them. However, Let's talk about the league table, Dave, and the achievements we've done this year. Quick segue there. Play 38. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, you bastards.
1: Right. Let's talk about the league title. <laughs> let's, let's have a look at the table though, right? Okay. Because right.
0: Do, you know something, do you know something, Dave? <laughs> that fucking makes him gallant, even. That, that kills him even more. His beloved team are 25 points behind. But anyway, we've played 38, 132, drawn 6, lost 0, scored 92, conceded only 13, goal difference of plus 79 and 102 points.
1: 102 points, Derek. Yes.
0: 25 points ahead of Celtic, 30 better goal difference in them. Invincible in the league, undefeated in the league at Ibrox, only four goals we've conceded there, a British record for for the least goals conceded, 27 clean sheets which is a Scottish record, 39 games on the trot undefeated in the league, uh, I think Celtic have got 60 odds so we've got more of next season to go before we beat that, three defeats all season, two domestic cups and one against Slavia Prague in the last 16 Yes, the last 16 of the Europa League. Yep. We topped our Europa League group after going through three qualifying rounds as well. It's simply astounding what this team has done. And the last piece of kind of thing I want to go here is the aggregate scores of the, the four games we've had against, or three or four games we've had against each team. Peter Aberdeen, 11-1. Livingston, 6-0. Celtic, 8-2. St. Johnson, 8-1. Hibbs, 6-3. St. Mirren 8-0. Dundee United, 10-2. Kilmarnock, 4-0. Hamilton Ackeys, 11-1. Ross County, 11-0. And Motherwell, 9-3. Absolutely astounding record this season.
1: Unbelievable, Derek. It's beyond our wildest dreams when we came into this season, wasn't it? Again, I went over this in the last pod. I went over this in my post-match reaction to the last game there. All we have been told, Derek, from... The media from ex-players the Celtic from, from everybody was that it didn't matter what Rangers did, Celtic were one in the league this season. This is what has broken so many people, Derek. This wasn't supposed to happen this season. We weren't supposed to be I mean even even when we got to December after we beat Celtic in January, I was still being told by Celtic fans it's fine. Rangers will fall away as they always do in January, and that is when we dug deep and we pulled at some incredible results. We're going to do a pod in the next few weeks, sort of highlighting the sort of top games and you know the the games that won us the league and, and, and stuff like that. But all all came down to January and February. That was when we stepped stepped it up. That was when they really fit, fell away. But we have been getting told, Derek, by everybody, that Celtic was winning the league this season. And to go back, could you imagine if we'd have went back to this time last year and show ourselves the league? It's quite phenomenal. The defensive record is incredible. I mean, take, let's, let's just start with the defence. Alan McGregor, absolutely sensational. I mean, the way that Alan McGregor has performed since he's came back to Rangers and especially this season, does this now put him up there with Andy Gorham you know, as being the the greatest goal, goalkeeper of all time, a, a lot of people will shoot me down for this because, and I, for one as well, couldn't see past Andy Gorham. But I think that we now need to start talking about Alan McGregor in the same way that we talk about Andy Gorham. Sensational. Then in, in, into defence, you know, Tav, sensational. He got injured, which was a, a shame for him. But then it, it gave us the opportunity to bring Nathan Patterson in, who I think is just phenomenal, a great player. And then Tav comes straight back into the team and, and picks up where he left off. Shows you how how well and how well he's done this season. He's been tremendous. Look, at the other side, Barisic outstanding, and then in the centre of defence. Goldson's played every single minute for us this season, and then you've looked at that. You, you know the the record that you've just read out to us. He's played with several different people alongside him. Hellander in my opinion, is is, is just a class act. I think when he's in, in there, we look really un- unbeatable at the back. And then just there's just been goals for, for, for everywhere, Derek. I could go on and on and on about the team, but I just wanted to give a special mention to the defence just now, because they've broken that record, Derek. It's just it's phenomenal. It's going back. We, we used to sit and look at teams, Derek, when we had, like, in Walter Smith's day, when we had Gorham and Goals, we had John Brown, David Robertson we then had Richard Goff uh, Alan McLaren Davey McPherson, guys like that they would still always in certain games look as if they were going to give you know, you know, they were going to concede an absolute clangor, it always happened, even although these guys were all rock solid you really don't think that about the defence now, especially when it's it's Goldson and Hellander that, that are in there you, you, you think to yourself, with well, those two in front of McGregor it's going to take something special to get past, you know, for, for us to concede. And that's the way it's been all season. The defence has just been been awesome. Uh, and as I say, it's just been goals galore everywhere else. It's It's been a joy. It's been a privilege to watch them. The only regret that I have for the team this season is that there's not been any fans in the stadium to watch us because the football has just been sublime, hasn't it?
0: Absolutely. Ultimately, I mean, thinking back from my time supporting Rangers, you can probably say the Advoca years, once we got going, certainly the first wee bit was a wee bit ropey, but once we got going, that was the best football I've ever seen us play. But sorry, I think this season especially eclipses that now, both in terms of results, the the style of play. I mean, as I said earlier on in the pod, it was so long ago, maybe about two hours now, that We've, some of the play has been Barcelona-esque some of the goals have been scoring has been free-flowing up and down the park it's been phenomenal, I don't want to get too much into the, the what, where's and why's and all that because we're, we're going to try and do a yeah. review couple of pods yep. at the end of it but we've been absolutely incredible this season it's un- unfortunately there's not going to be a lot how we can improve in that one in terms of the league performances because the league's been phenomenal, the cup performances yes that's something that needs to sort out we need to get the cups in the in the bag we obviously always prefer the league if we have to choose between them but we shouldn't need to choose from them we should be cracking on and I think Gerard and his team know that the players know that Europe again has been absolutely exceptional disappointing in terms of the Slavia game because I don't think they were the best team that we played in Europe this year Um, certainly not considering there are a bunch of scumbags as well who deserve to be nowhere near the competition so we're already running probably about an hour and (laughs) two hours 25 minutes but now we will go into the news So, Dave, there's been that many awards I have no got a clue because Aww. they seem to have changed the name of the awards ceremony. There's an extra one as well, so fuck knows what I'm going to tell you here. It might be right, it might know. But certainly the ones that are, are right is eight Rangers players have been named in the PFA Premiership Team of the Year. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Kent and Morellis. The other three that were Ayer, Turnbull and Edwards, so I suppose you've got to give them something. But the fact that there was eight players in the Team of the Year you couldn't give it to anyone else because we've been phenomenal. So
1: exactly, Derek. Regardless how biased and how much you hate our club, there's no 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 way that anybody could watch us playing week in week out, saying that we don't deserve. You know, to have that amount of players in there. You went over the the stats for the league, which is you know sensational and well deserved to to all of them. Great that they're being recognised because we do know what it's like in Scottish football. There's a lot of people who do everything they can to keep keep us down. And uh, it's just a credit to the team and a credit to the manager. It's uh, great and we can't argue with any of those selections either, Derek.
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, The SPFL Player of the Year was Alan McGregor. It was a shortlist of Davis, Goldson and Tavernier as well as McGregor, obviously. Um, Football Writers Player of the Year The shortlist again was all Rangers players Tavenier, Goldson, Davis and McGregor And Davis picked that up Players Player of the Year, McGregor, Tavenier, Kent and Davis Tavenier won that uh, The Football Writers Manager of the Year Was Stephen Gerrard yep. uh, Callum Davidson and David Martindale Were in the shortlist And yeah. S- Steve Clark uh,
1: <laughs> for, for Scotland winning a penalty shootout
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah
1: <laughs> That's it, for, for drawing a game and winning a penalty shootout. That's basically yeah. what he's, he's, he's there for. Derek, if St Johnson go on and win the Scottish Cup on Saturday, you could say there's a huge case for Callum Davidson to win. He won in the two Cups this season, a phenomenal job by them. But when it comes to the league being invincible in, in the league this season and playing the, the way that we played, there, there's nobody could deny Stephen Gerrard you know, we're, we're winning that. It
0: was uh, just sensational. Gerard also won the SPFL Manager of the Year and the PFA Manager of the Year, so a hat trick of Manager of the Year awards for well, Gerard yeah, there. And yeah. Again, you know, well deserved. Yep. The Rangers Player of the Year awards. I know there was a bit of anger with the the fact that they were getting televised and you had to pay for them, and then season ticket holders were getting them for nothing. I don't know what happened there. Just maybe a bit of oversight from Rangers there. But anyway, nonetheless, Brianna Westrop won the Women's Player of the Year. Nathan Patterson won the Academy Player of the Year. Tavenier won the Sam English Bowl award That was for 19 goals Defoe got an award for having over 300 career goals Davis got an award for Britain's most capped men's player Morelis got a new club record award for most European goals McGregor got most Rangers appearances in continental competition Which he beat Barry Ferguson Roof got the goal of the season against Standard Liège I don't think there could be anybody else there Hadji won the Young Player of the Year. Tavernier won the Players' Player of the Year. McGregor won the Fans' Player of the Year. And he looked absolutely hammered in the pictures as well. (laughs) (laughs) Davis won the John Gregg Achievement Award. And Goldson won the Managers' Player of the Year. And as you said, he played every single match with over 5,000 minutes of pitch time. There seem to be a few more awards than normal, but I think, you know... I don't care if they made up awards just for this season only because every single player in the team certainly deserved it. Definitely. For, for the main SPFL players, the football writers and the players player, you could only give it to a Rangers player. It could have been any of them. You, you couldn't separate anything this season between, the, between any of them. It's, it's just been a phenomenal, phenomenal season and we'll be waxing lyrical about this season I, for, I for years to come.
1: D- D- Derek, I can't honestly turn round and say to you that I could put a definitive answer on who Rangers' best player was this season. That's how well the team played over the past few seasons. We were heavy, I keep saying it, we were heavy, heavily relying on certain players to do things, whereas now, if one player didn't step up one week, there would be at least another three players that did step up in a game that's been the you know a huge difference apart from the defence that i went on 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 and on about or attacking players we no longer rely on one or two players. We now have got three and four players who come in, and, and like I said, if one person isn't quite at, at the races, there has always been people stepping up to provide a bit of magic. If it's not been Aribo, it's been Kent. If it's not been Kent, it's been Hadji. If it's not been Hadji, it's been Steve Davis. If it's not been Davis, it's been Roof and, you know, and Morelos and stuff like that. It's that has just been phenomenal for me to watch is just to see who who is it that's going to click this week because there would always be two or three, four players every single week that would always be clicking for us and making things happen. And it's just, I I keep saying it's a joy to watch, but you know I think you could maybe say say that yourself. Is is there one player that you think was miles ahead better than any other player in the team? I honestly don't think so.
0: No, I mean, they've all played their part and, you know, as much as as we highlighted, you know, Rufus scored more goals in the league than, than Morelos. Morelos has still been exceptional this year. Yep. He's been doing a different role. He's not scored as many, yep. but he's been exceptional. He has calmed down. I know there was times throughout the season We, especially me, I was like, not just fucking, I'm, I've done with him now, get rid of him because he did start to go back to his usual ways, but then he knuckled down again. Everybody, as you said, everybody has played their part. And you you really cannot separate the players, I don't no, think.
1: definitely not. And even if you look at the bit part players, guys like Cedric Kitten, Jermaine Defoe, Scott Wright, they've all came in. Even looking back, Derek, as I say, what we'll do our season review. Brandon Barker came in and scored a goal for us on his birthday. Remember that? We were only, I'm sure, we winning 1-0 and it was going right down the wire. And he came on and scored a very important goal for us. Jordan Jones as well. Came and scored a very important goal when we beat Mo- Motherwell as well. All of these guys, the whole squad, have all participated and all done their bit for us to 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 win the league. And that is that's like incredible as well. There's not been one specific person that's you know it's not been a sort of a Chris Boyd, Ali McCoy's type thing where one person scored thirty odd goals. It's been spread out over, over a lot of players, and it's just an absolute joy to see. And that is for me what has made this team this season stand out for me. You were talking about Ad- Advocate earlier on in his era. Again, Ad- advocate we were just always sitting there, even although we were phenomenal going forward. We, we never looked there tight at the back, Derek, and it was the same with what Walt, Walter-Smith, whereas this team... Especially, I keep going on about Helander and Goldson. I just feel when they're playing, we just look totally airtight at the back, and that's like a huge thing as well. So, it's uh, it's it's just a joy. It really is. We've been through so much. I keep that. That's what I keep tr- trying to say to, to to certain people that are. Uh, there's a lot of Celtic fans out there are like, "Oh, what, what he's like winning the title for the first time and all of that." People have got short memories, Derek. They seem to conveniently forget what we've been through as a fan base over the last 10 years. There is no other fans in the world have been through what we've been through. So we, you're fucking right, we should be celebrating and we should be waxing lyrical about, about, about our team, especially the way we've done it, because we've no scraped the league. This isn't a helicopter Sunday where we've won it in the last day of the season. We have absolutely went to town in the whole of Scottish football, including our greatest rivals, and completely annihilated them. We should be going on about this season for years and years to come that's how that's how well we've done
0: I no, we can't disagree at all we'll move on now though because we've got a bunch of other news to cover yep. here and, you know, where Celtic are still scrambling around to find who they're going to be managed by next year. We have already obviously made a few signings. We've yes. got Nathan, we've got him right in early, Simpson in early. And obviously, we've already signed Nathan is it Ofubor, as a off as well to come in in the summer. We have also now signed Zambian international Aww. Fashion Sakala on a four-year deal. Striker from Belgian side Ostend, I think that's how you yep. say it. But certainly, from what I've heard, uh, is a good player. We we'll just need to see wait, wait and see how he jails in. And banging the goals and
1: recently as well uh, may, may I add for them because they are a, a mid-range table but he's certainly been, been well in amongst the goals this season so another excellent signing for us I, I can't say say much about him but ever, ever since we have been linked with him I've been checking out their, their, uh, their scores to see if he's been on the score sheet and uh, certainly but, but everything I've heard very fast very direct and you know another great addition to our, our squad so I'm really looking forward to
0: seeing him play yep you would probably think that maybe it's was backup for Morelos, Maybe potentially going, but, also, but I don't know. It's
1: yeah, actually he, he scored two goals today when they drew two two with Mechelen earlier on today. So he's still Excellent. still on the goal scoring uh, form even today. Excellent.
0: Andy first or third choice goalkeeper has signed on for another one year deal and will be here here till the end of next season, uh, as expected. We're not signing at Zungu on a permanent basis as his parent club, Amiens, have confirmed he will return to them. So uh, I don't think that's any surprise. Blotted his copybook with the COVID thing as well. And, you know, i don't the rest of his uh, career. Uh,
1: he's, he's certainly, I mean, I mean, he looks a sort of standard player, Derek. There was nothing there, I think, that really wowed us when we watched him play. Not that he played a lot of games, but as you say, I think the... The whole uh, incident off the field is, uh, you know, maybe spoiled it for him. But again, thank him for his contribution to this season, and that's not to be forgotten.
0: No, absolutely not season ticket renewals were out since we'd last done the podcast prices frozen and an incredible 44,000 fans have renewed just unbelievable especially considering we don't know if if they'll get back into the stadium next year I I can imagine not in full certainly but we'll just need to wait and see what transpires fans rightly or wrongly complaining that they're paying a fortune and they still don't know if they'll get in the stadium Well, they were blaming the club for it well that's not really our fault that's the government that's not Rangers fault folk asking for free shit again this is the price you pay for success i know that uh, motherwell had done a fantastic gesture and said if you had put, uh, if you bought a season ticket this year we're giving you the season ticket for nothing last year uh, for next year that's an incredible gesture absolutely unheard of but i've done the maths on that one they had about four thousand season ticket holders uh, this year their average season ticket costs about 330 pounds so it only worked out at about 1.3 million pounds rangers could knock say £50 off everybody's season ticket, and it's a wee gesture yeah, it, It's every little helps it would cost the club £2.5 million though, mm-hmm. so it swings and roundabouts, that £2.5 million could, could be the wages for the next Borrellis that comes in if you want this kind of success you need to pay for it and I can understand fans frustrations, but at the same time You've got to balance that out. The one thing I do disagree with is for the season tickets for Bar 72, they're doubling because obviously they are upgrading it to, I can't remember, Club 72, I think it's called or something. Moving their season ticket is going to be difficult already because obviously there's that many season ticket holders. I think it would have made more sense to say, right, if you're upgrading this, freeze the season ticket prices in Bar 72 for next year allow us to have it at that prices for this year and then next year it would go up and then we'll see if we can like it or not and then the increases come in. I don't know if people are potentially still still renewed I don't know, but we'll see what happens there yeah. We have announced our pre-season friendly at Ibrox with Arsenal as part of our 150th anniversary That'll be a fantastic event yeah. or it would have been until Arsenal spoiled it by being unveiled as one of the English clubs involved in the fated Super League. But anyway, that game's going to be on Saturday the 17th of July. Excellent. Just on that Super League, what an absolute clusterfuck, Dave, wasn't it? It
1: certainly was, Derek. I mean, we... We we can get into it. Oh, I mean, we we all have our opinions on UEFA. Derek, I think that they maybe had a you know a, a bit of a cheek with certain things the way that they, they were going on about it. But the actual, you know, the the plan for these clubs to to move away just to basically put them in a a, a league of their own, to get all the spoils and all all the money in the world just for them. Quite incredible. Uh, delighted that the fans have stepped in uh, and basically, you know, put a you know, put a kibosh on it. I still don't think that it's over, Derek. The Real Madrid and Barcelona's of the world are still determined that it's going to go ahead, so I don't think it's going to to go away, but I was uh, pleased that so many fans came out in protest with regards to it as well. They were basically, in my view, trying to make... You know, I'm a fan of American football, Derek. They were basically trying to have their own sort of version of the NFL and our our football, but just having a certain amount of top clubs who would get all the money and all the TV rights and just be basically the best players and nothing else. So there would be no chance for any any, any other team out there. So, I complete farce. Football's too big. There's too there's too many clubs out there for for that to work. Too too many fans. The fans have spoken. But we'll just have to wait and see what comes of it. Yeah, because I think there's going to be a bit a, of a, a fight in their hands. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's it's looking p- p- promising just now. that it's not go, go, going to go ahead. UEFA though, Derek, we know what they're like. They are wanting all the spoils. They're wanting it all as well. So I do think that they've got a bit of a cheek the way that they've came in and spoke about it as well. But for the actual for for, for the normal fans of the normal teams out there, it was just an absolute disgrace.
0: Yeah, The point is not lost that all the clubs involved are in massive debt just now, and that's because they've spent massive and, and basically had the monopoly of football and TV rights as well. And the fans have got a cheek as well, I think, at the same time, though, because they're not complaining when they're spending, you know, Man City spent over a billion pounds on their players yep. since Sheikh Mansour came in. And that's the reason why they're successful, because I think they had won one um, league trophy, one main league in their, their history before Mansour came in. So, yeah. idiots. The bigger irony with UEFA, though, is the president insisted that the Euro competitions need the likes of Rangers and Celtic. Well, why, if that's the case, then, do they make it near impossible for us exactly. to qualify? Exactly. I exactly. Mean, I think for for me, the Euro competitions need to get away from this bullshit of the fourth place team in, in England getting it. It should be, make the champions of 32 leagues, automatic qualification. Then you'll get the David and Goliath thing. Yeah, you'll get a big, massive golf class, but fuck seasons. You just make it a league format with the 32 teams that way. Bring the UEFA Cup back for the second place team and then get the champions, the, the Cup winners Cup back. Not this other stupid competition that they've got get the cup winners cut back for the, the cup winners of the leagues that's the way it should be done but who am i dave who am i
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah however in a rare piece of good work from the spfl they've struck a deal with sky to again allow clubs to broadcast the games to season ticket holders through their club channels as well as sell games that are not on sky on a pay-per-view basis to other fans um so that's obviously preempting that capacity crowds not being available back into stadiums just now, which is probably going to be highly likely. But it's actually you've got to give credit to the SPFL when they actually yeah. do something well.
1: Well, yep, doesn't it happen often, Derek, does it?
0: No next one is we've submitted an application for 93 car parking spaces to the rear of the new Edmonston house this is to replace some of the spaces that will be lost to the duty of Albion car park getting partly sold off so uh, we'll see what happens there next thing is the Covid 5 appeal was thrown out with Rangers stating that they are disappointed but cognizant that the approach taken by the other FAs around Europe has no resemblance to that of the SFA and urged the SFA to have an open mind and learn from the other FAs I was actually astounded, Dave, to uh, to realise that the SFA are the only organisation in in European football that are fining and banning players for COVID breaches. The only, the only, apparently. Oh, That's well, astounding.
1: I've, I've just learned, though. So I've I've learned something new as well, Derek. That is quite incredible if you think about it.
0: Next thing here about banned players, if. Cudela from Slavia Prague wasn't shameless enough. He's appealing his ten game ban and, and insists that he's done nothing wrong and there is no proof. Absolutely scandalous. I mean, if that's not enough, the Slavia president is claiming that Rangers tried to get Slavia kicked out of Europe from the off. He then goes on to say that Cadella was wrong going up to Kamara and covering his mouth, and we have apologised for that. Conveniently, though, he never mentioned anything about his racist comments. No. He then went on to say Rangers still haven't apologised to their keeper after Roof's challenge. I mean, <laughs> fuck off with that. It was an accident in a contact sport. Yep. And in any case, our doctors were at the scene attending at the time as well. We've got absolutely nothing to apologise for. And for them to equate that to the same as a racist comment, utter scum.
1: Derek, I've had conversations on social media from fans of that club as well. And what is annoying me is the whole racist thing is not taken seriously as if it's not a serious matter. And they are basically going on that that the tackle on the goalkeeper was deliberate, uh, which we all know it wasn't. And they are seeing that as a more serious issue than what actually happened with Kedela and Kamara, which, you know, is uh, for me a part of the problem as well, is that they obviously, you know, are not to take that seriously whatsoever. And they think that that accidental challenges more serious than what actually happened it's, it's yeah. quite incredible it shows you the scum that they are we're not going to get anything out, out, out of this at all Derek it looks as if we've been punished more than what they actually have which is quite incredible and it beggars belief it, it really does and could you imagine the uproar if that had been the other way around God forbid, it had been any of our players that had been alleged and done anything like that as well, we would have been publicly crucified for something like that. It's 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 shocking, and it just shows you the way that UEFA is as well. We've been talking about them as well. They obviously have got absolutely no stance against racism in the game at all, even though they're, they're coming out with other bullshit as well. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, we, we went over it at the time, and it's still... Shocking that there's nothing came out about it, and it's it's looking as if we are going to be the ones that are going to have to live with it, which is terrible, absolutely yeah. terrible.
0: I mean, Cadella's legal team have called for Zungu to give evidence, as they're claiming that his statement contradicts what Kamara said. So, I uh, will see see what happens there. Rangers did appeal Roof's four game ban, however, that was dismissed by UEFA. <laughs> So he's out for all of our qualifiers for the Champions League. I mean, three games would have been acceptable, as is the normal for a, a violent challenge like that. It was no, it was an, as I said, it was an accidental challenge, no more, no less. Um, Roof also revealed that as soon as he turned on his social media after the boycott, uh, the, after the Celtic, first Celtic game, he was met with more racist abuse. And this is the thing, the narrative Slavia have set about his challenge on their keeper, they are culpable for the racist abuse he's receiving that's the problem. Yep.
1: Yep, definitely. Yep.
0: Next thing here, Charlie Nicholas <laughs> claims that because we went out the two cups our early league win has disguised our faults.
1: We all know Charlie Nicholas verbal diarrhea speaks before he thinks. Doesn't he have a clue? You know that the man just a, a a clown when he's on. He tries to make himself fit that he's you know old champagne Charlie and all that. But if you actually listen to him, Derek, he's not got a Scooby Doo what he's talking about
0: no I mean I've rhymed off the stats this season so far I mean it's proof that not everyone is entitled to an opinion but um, Rangers have partnered up with pain relief technology company Biowave and so basically it's a sponsorship deal Uh, they've got a big sign on top of the Copeland and Broomland stands I mean it doesn't look great and I would prefer it wasn't there but apparently it is bringing in a decent bit of money so we can't really complain they're also going to have sponsorship at the training centre as well as the front of shirt sponsor for the women's team. So, um, as I said before, we're going to be like a Formula One car. But if exactly. it's bringing in the money, don't care. Yep. Spo- other sponsorship news: We've announced that renewal of the thirty-two red deal. They will be our main shirt sponsors, and they will their partner UniBet will be the shirt sponsors for the Uni for the Euro Games as well as our third top. Um, and apparently, by the end of it, it'll be one of the longest partnerships in football. So. I oh, uh, Apparently, from what I've heard in other podcasts as well, that everybody at Rangers are very happy with 32 red, so um, why break something that's, that's mutually beneficial to, to everyone?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yep. Very strange one this year, but Scotland have picked up more coefficient points than France this season, and it's been obviously mainly due to us. It had calls from the Marseille president to question the training methods used by the French teams, as it's a disgrace that Scotland have done better. <laughs> Scotland are the seventh best country for coefficient points this season. I mean, in fairness, you get the same coefficient points in a Champions League win as the Europa League win, so it's kind of slightly weighted in our favour, isn't it? But I'll take it. <laughs> Definitely. And
1: fuck Marseille, that's what I say. Exactly.
0: Aye. Um. BDO, the liquidators of Old Co, are suing former administrators Paul Clark and David Whitehouse of Duff and Phelps for £56.8 million. That would certainly put a dent in their compensation. Yeah. They got anyway. Um, ultimately, BDO are criticising Duff and Phelps as they sh- they're claiming they had a should have had a fire sale of assets, including players, the stadium, and training ground, to cover the debts. And that va- is the va- what the money that the amount they're suing them for is the value that would have been a rough cost. Duff and Phelps are fighting it as you would expect, as it would have. They're saying it would have shut the club down if they had sold it that way, and they were trying to sell it as an ongoing concern. So in a weird way, obviously Duff and Phelps were actually right not to do a fire sale uh, of the assets like the stadium. So they've kind of got to be praised in that way, even if it was completely inadvertent. And However, all I can say is fuck them because they were in the middle of something certainly murky at best. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say of a similar nature. Craig White, it was the 10-year anniversary of him taking over Rangers, and in their wisdom and their genuine want to heal the rift between us and and BBC Scotland, Chris McLaughlin done an interview with White, and I love the fact that they're locked out of Rangers, so they have to resort to, to this kind of thing, but anyway... Craig White claims it was a nightmare taken taken over us, and it's his biggest regret. He admits that he should have been upfront with the fans regarding the ticket issue, and that and how he, and that's how he could have afforded the, the the money to buy the club. However, he maintains his belief that he did do nothing wrong. Aww. He then went on. He then went on to claim, and I'm quoting here: "I was not responsible for the build up of tax debt that caused HMRC to pursue Rangers." first of all, yes, you bloody Mm were there were two tax cases, the EBT case, which was fully everybody was fully aware of, and then there was the second wee tax case, which he caused by not paying any bills including the bill to HMRC which ultimately put us in administration so fuck Craig White simple as but anyway, moving on I thought I was going to stop ranting as well Dave (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh dear, you might might as well keep going mate
0: I might as well Certainly, next issue here The Colts issue still rages on And after the refusal of the League 1 and 2 teams and the SFA To deal with with the Colts issue uh, We've put a proposal to Both Old firm teams have put a proposal To the Lowland League Which they have accepted in principle The final vote will be at their up-and-coming AGM. It's a season-long trial at first with uh, cash and ticket incentives offered. Um, It has prompted the Lowland League president to resign. Don't know what that's all about. Um, And it's the one thing that if I knew the Colts were playing in a stadium near me, I would go. So certainly there's a massive incentive to go there.
1: Aye, Derek, it's funny you should say that because I actually sat uh, with a friend of the pod in recent guest Ewan and we were talking about uh, potential uh, teams that the Colts team could play, the Rangers Colts team could play. And where I live in the central belt, there will be at least six teams that all are within about a 10-mile radius for where I live that the Rangers Colts team w- will be playing. So if that game is not on a Saturday or on a Sunday and I am off, I will 100% go and watch them. Now, I would like to think that I am like the vast majority of, of Rangers fans would say the same. So, I'll give you an example. There is Glasgow, is it Glasgow BSC B- B- at this moment, are sharing a ground with a- Allo Athletic, right? So, let's say there are 5,000 Rangers supporters midweek who say, I quite know it's only going to cost me you know, 12 know, £15 pounds or something like that to go and watch the Rangers-Colts team. Let's go and l- l- let's say they get 5,000 folk turning up. That's more than what both clubs playing at that stadium will have as a capacity for their main games on a Saturday. That's more than what our a- 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 athletic would get. And if that's the case and that happens at the vast majority of clubs in the lo- Lowland League, they're going to make an absolute fortune out, out of it. Derek, so yeah. they would be, it would be a ridiculous for them not to accept that and it's going to put them on the map it's going to, as I say, that they'll have a huge, and let's say these clubs were to keep their pricing for not normal matches, which would usually be about £10, if if they were to date at £10, they would still be making a fortune because more people would, would go to watch it, so I think it's an absolute no-brainer that it has happened. I think that the SFA have missed out on a trick by not allowing them to go into the second division in Scotland the way that it was proposed, because it could have brought huge amounts of money to them as well. But uh, I know I'm looking forward to it, Derek, I think it's really good, There's still got it's still had a decent standard of football, there's still some big name teams in there, teams that have been playing in the Scottish Leagues as well, so, you know, but bring it on, I think it'll be excellent.
0: I mean, here's the thing, Dave, most of the League 1 and League 2 teams, and I'm going to include some of the Championship teams in this as well, they only get a few hundred a game yep. into their stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely incredible. Stuart Robertson has slammed the SPFL and SFA as the ideas are all coming from Rangers and there's no innovation coming out from the authorities at all. The SFA president hit back stating that they would welcome ideas, but adding the Colts to the league structure would have needed a real change from the SPFL. And given the perception from other teams, it went no further. I mean, it's not the first time but only in Scottish football can an idea be thrown out before it even goes to a vote yeah. before apparent perce- perceptions and yep. an unofficial chat. Further to that, though, the East, and West, East, West and South leagues are not happy at the lower no. League's plan, ultimately due to self-preservation. Yes. But it's a, the idea of insanity is doing the same thing time and time again and expecting a different result. Will some clubs be put out by this? Absolutely they will. But something in Scottish football needs to change and ultimately if it means a couple of clubs will need to temporarily suffer to benefit Scottish football as a whole, then that's what's going to need to happen. And I can understand where other teams come from, but at the end of the day, they've got to accept their place. Rangers and Celtic are the two teams that make the Scottish league. If Rangers and Celtic were not there, the Scottish league would be something like the the Irish league. It would be non-existent. Nobody would give a shit about it because not many people give a shit about it as it is. So, they've got to be mindful of that but that's another story coming at the last few things here Ger- Steve gerard steven gerard's just an absolute touch of class here he ran a 5k alongside two hibs youngsters for charity Murray and jackson aged 10 and 11 were doing 300 kilometers over a 30-day period for charity gerard found out about this and he joined them to help along just absolutely incredible Fantastic. from gerard
1: yeah great stuff
0: Rangers have apparently refused Romania's permission to include, jo- uh, I was going to say Georgie Hadji there, Yanis yeah, Hadji, Hadji in the Olympic squad as it clashes with the Champions League qualifiers. I mean, I'm, I would say that's fair enough. We yep. pays wages, he's young enough to have another opportunity at this and I just hope it doesn't turn out to be another Craig Moore issue.
1: Yeah, no, I I know Derek. It's a, I'm not trying to uh, belittle the the Olympics, but I think if you were to ask a professional footballer, would they rather go in and participate in the Olympics or get a chance to play in the Champions League? I'm sure the Champions League, you know, would win each time. So I really don't see what the big issue is with with that one. To be honest with you.
0: No, me neither. Last couple of things here. Nathan Patterson has been included in the expanded Euro twenty twenty squad, so absolutely fantastic, much deserved. As what David Edgar pointed out, you know they got three extra places, so they put Billy of obvious talent, um, in, and they put uh, Turnbull from Celtic in, which you can't really complain. If he could last a wee bit longer in the field, he would be a cracking player. But certainly fantastic. Three young players that have got a future in the game. And uh, hopefully it'll be a great experience for him, and he gets to play and and show on a, well, on a global scale what he can do.
1: I was having a discussion with a, a, a friend of mine who's not a who's not an old firm fan who goes to all the Scotland matches, and he, he didn't really know much about Nathan Patterson. And I said to him that, to be quite honest with you, he you know every time he's played for Rangers, he's been an absolute standout for us. Sensational, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm positive that I'm not being uh, premature here, Derek, but certainly the best right back in Scotland next to James Tavernier. That there's no many people could step into Tav's shoes this season. The the form that he's been on, and have such a you know phenomenal performances like what he has, and it's not just been in Scotland in the league. It's been in big European matches as well, Derek, as well as Old Firm games. He's been tremendous. If Steve Clapton doesn't play him and plays the lights of O'Donnell at right-back, then Scotland get all they deserve and they'll get annihilated. At least if he's going to be, because I, I believe that the, the the Scotland team play three central defenders with, with wing-backs. and Obviously, on the left-hand side, they've got both Tierney and Robertson but they've not had anybody at right back that can match them. And I firmly believe, Derek, that this guy is going to, if not be as good, even better than the likes of Tierney because I think he's a phenomenal player. He's a goal threat as well. And and, and like I say, this could be a a great opportunity for him at the biggest stage. And I really, really hope he does play and and he puts on a show because I think he's a, a tremendous player.
0: Yeah. And the last piece of football news here I've got here. Still speaking of Euro 2020, as the official Euro 2020 song has been released. It's by Martin Garrix, featuring Bono and the Edge from U2. Generally, I think it's, it's a great song. But to cap it off, it's called "We Are the People." <laughs>
1: I got sent this by somebody at my work, and I thought it was a mistake. Derek, he says the the, the official song, Bono singing "We Are the People," and I thought this has got to be a mistake, and then I realised it wasn't. That's just to I mean, that, that if that is not a tribute to Glasgow Rangers this season, then I honestly, don't know what, what what is, Derek.
0: They don't know how high this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, Dave, it's been an epic pod, and it will be remiss of me not to do this part. Okay. Austrian man fined for proactively farting at the police (laughs) as his fine reduced. An Austrian man who was fined 500 euros for loudly farting near police officers had his fine reduced to 100 euros after launching an appeal. The unidentified man was whacked with a fine in Vienna after offending public decency and farting provocatively at a police in June last year.
1: <laughs> How do you fart provocatively?
0: <laughs> I can't do one now to, to try and give an example. but He then challenged his fine in what must have been a very strange day in the court for all concerned. The man told the courts that breaking wind was merely a biological process. <laughs> Maybe it was say, uh, you know, talking about biological processes. It might have been Ma- uh, Michael Stewart. P- po-
1: possibly. No, that's uh, is is that no biomechanical.
0: Ah, oh, it's bio. Ah, uh, biomechanical. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. The man said, even if he had done it deliberately, his fart was covered by freedom of expression. <laughs> In Austria, freedom of expression is not limited to just speech, but also covers noises and communication in other forms.
1: I still don't know how how you can fart provocatively, Derek. That's a, that's a new one on me. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. That is a great story. What a way to what a way to end an absolute epic podcast.
1: Exactly. It's 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 been long. There's been. I'm so glad that we managed to to speak about the incredible achievements of the club this season. Everything that's happened, we've covered in great de- detail the 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 good and the bad of what's happened over the past few weeks. So, everybody out there, I know it's been it's been a long podcast, but I hope you've you've stuck with us to the end, just even to hear that last story.
0: <laughs> As I said, Dave and I are going to take a wee bit of time off now. Know that the last kind of seven weeks that Aye. Dave decided to go off on a jolly was, was oh, okay. long enough. Yeah. Yeah, i get the blame for that <laughs> But um, we're going to have a few weeks off. We're going to enjoy our title win. We are going to be trying back. We're going to try and do a season review. Yes. It might turn into a few pods because uh, we're going to try and do it month by month and just take it game by game. And yeah. um, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We've got, I think, is it something like 10 weeks before the, the, the Champions League qualifier? Am I right in saying that? But we also have a summer of the Euro 2020 games as well. So
1: with a number of our players taking part, Derek, which will be, you know, great for us to sit and watch. Even the the games that, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be bothered before. You know, there's uh, a lot of players, you know, for f- fair teams that will be taking part in these games, so it'll be good to see them play and, and and hopefully put on really good performances.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, as ever, if you want to check the rest of our stuff out, I don't know why um, after a three-hour podcast, <laughs> but you can go to our <laughs> website, which is ireadypodcast.wordpress.com and I still need to update everything as well, so I'll get round to that at some point during the summer. So it's been a, a fantastic season. I, I can't, I can't wait for the next season to start already.
1: Everybody enjoy this. Enjoy watch as much of the footage as you can. Hopefully we'll all be back in the stadium soon to cheer the team on in person. But it's been great. Keep looking for, for the updates. We will be back. We've got a few guests that want to to come on as well and talk talk about the season. So, so we will be back soon. So until then, take care and bye bye. Bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen
0: anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, brace yourself.